everybody, and welcome to episode 272 of Video Game Apocalypse. I am your host, Lessa Tommy Walker and Maura Sally Simpson, Michael Raparez. Who else is here in the ethereal Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Uh, coming home from football, Joe, Chris Antista. And might as well call me Extra Ball because I am lit, Matthew Allen. And special guest... I'm your Uncle Ernie, and I welcome you to Tommy's Holiday Camp. It's That's Dan Amrick. gross. <laughs> yes, thank you. I, I, I hoped you would find it. So, uh, Yeah, hi, I'm Dan Amrick, and uh, and I just wanted to play along with your, your opener. Oh, thank and you. And wait a minute. Didn't we, like, throw dirt on this entire podcast not, like, three months ago? It was like, it's going to be so sad. We're going to put it on ice. It's going to be sad to see it go, but, you know, we're, we're, we're going to stop. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, look, it's like uh, we're right back again. What happened? Yeah, what happened? Uh, Chris yeah, we convinced were, me not to quit. We were on ice for we were on ice for all of one week, Dan. If uh, so, obviously Dan wasn't listening to those interim episodes. Thanks for your support. No, Dan. I didn't. I totally. I only show up when I have something important to say. Yeah, and you're, they're almost on the hook for doing two more episodes every month because of stupid Patreon. Come on, people! Patreon.com/slash/laser. Yeah, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Give me extra work to do once a month. <laughs> but spoiler cast, it should be fun. I didn't get yeah. to play in the God of War one, and I really wanted to. Chris will actually have to play a game once a month. Huh. I can he, do there's that. No now. way he'll have time for that. I can do it now. No, all right. I couldn't play with my shitty television. Hmm. Now you have a better television. Mm-hmm. And you can play shitty games on it. Yes, but not, yeah. not any shitty games that came out this week. I did want to ask Dan, did you see the like Chase Horizon Turbo game that came out a few weeks ago on PSN? No, I didn't. I only mentioned I think it I... because you, you, I think you sold me an inbox copy of Rad Racer with a power glove back in the day. Did I really? You did uh, when I... you were selling all your stuff no. and moving to Southern California forever. I might have sold you the power glove, but did I really give you Rad Racer? That's insane. I, I, sw- I swore I would have kept that, but it's too late now. Curse you! Yeah, I <laughs> know. If I, uh, that's the that's one of the things I regret from that sale. I, mean, I can it was, get it back. I, I can get it back to you. No, no, no. I don't really need it at all. But I was sort of like, I had two power gloves at one point: one loose and one new in the box. And Chris Kohler got my one new in the box. I think. <sighs> I mean, does anyone really need a box copy of Rad Racer unless you're like a kid in <laughs> yes. the 80s with a Nintendo? It's got 3D no. glasses in it. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it has to include 3D glasses. That's almost, though, a Power Glove and a Rad Racer, that's too much Rad in one place. <laughs> that that should be illegal. But that yeah, was uh, Square's first NES game, wasn't it? I think so. But I had to tell Dan, just because like I said it on another podcast, I love the game. It's like It's like a new outrun Rad Racer <laughs> for PSN. I think nice. I may have. It, does it have an iOS edition? Ooh, I don't I think, know. I don't know. I don't I play. Th- re, I don't play games there. That's not where real I think gamers it does. go. Yeah, I think I played the iOS version. I was like, that's good, but then I quickly got bored with it. I'm I'm into Onrush now. On, uh, yes, I, I knew you would be into I'm, that. I'm digging mm. it. Yeah. As a fellow Blur enthusiast, I knew yes. Dan would be digging Onrush. Yes. yes, it's it's the closest thing uh, in a long time. So, but anyway, that's, we're not here. That's to talk actually about where that's one of the first places I hung out with Dan ever. Is uh, we played a match of Blur online together. We we very briefly had a cup of coffee together at Activision back in the day, uh, and then he was uh, doing the Activision kind of community thing and, and playing games, and I got online and. Yeah, we kind of struck up a friendship, and then when he started at Ubisoft a few years ago, I was like, I We know went out for coffee again. Yes, we did, and we had fun. <laughs> Everybody's going out for coffee, but Dan... Uh, and now they have five to... children together. 
get this this thing on track. Get that <laughs> I was little trying to, silver yeah. ball into well, the I groove. Was, I fun. Here's a segue. Oh, so one of the things we did together at Ubisoft, we would frequently we would rally around the Adams Family pinball table. Mm. That's correct. We uh, we had for uh, about a year an Adams Family pinball machine in the lunchroom at Ubisoft. And it was great, and we loved it, and people got into competitions, and, you know, there were bright high scores on the wall, and we would trade, you know, videos of other people playing, and how do we get better at it, and then suddenly Ubisoft said, we gotta change machines, and we're like, no we don't, they're like, yes we do, so here's five options, and we actually had a voting block to get the best machine in there. And it did not win. And instead, they got literally the worst pinball machine they could have chosen out of the list. And, uh, like, I, as a, as a form of political protest, I turn it off every time I go by it. <laughs> uh, because nobody else knows how to turn the goddamn thing on. Does that reset the, the high scores? No. What's, oh. what's the pinball Wait, game? You're, you're, yeah, I'm dying of suspense. What is that? It's worst? the 1999 Sega version of South Park. Uh. It's, <laughs> it's garbage. They, and I understand they did it to be on brand, you know, like, let's support the brand. I'm like, that's great. It's the shittiest pinball machine since Rescue 911. Well, it's, really, I, I would have said that about any pinball machine that wasn't like Black Knight 2000, so. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they can't all be Black Knight 2000. <laughs> can't they, though? Aren't they, though? <laughs> you know who did the programming on Black Knight 2000? Who? A little guy named Ed Boon. Oh, oh really? Wow. Pre-Mortal Kombat. That, he said that was, uh, I think he said that was his first Williams table. Or, or no, his last, that was his last pinball machine that he worked on before he switched well, over to video. Well, and, there, and there is a reason we're talking about well, hey, pinball. Wait, one so more much. pinball anecdote. Because, no! Yes! <laughs> let me plug something. Our, one of our later time episodes was about collecting arcade systems, and I believe my buddy Adam said that, didn't the South Park pinball game, like the infrastructure ended up kind of defining how pinball games are still made? Oh God! I hope not. It's I, it's 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 a terrible design, and I don't think anybody looks to it for inspiration. But like, not not the game design, but the guts and the equipment itself. Maybe I mean there may have been a, a shift uh, in 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 how they were made, but I don't believe so. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. Your your friend owns an arcade and stuff, so he would he would know more as a, as there a was, hardcore collector. But there were some factoid. I don't recall there being table. anything special hmm. about the Sega ninety nine South Park table that would. But that they're still everywhere. Well, I mean, clearly. I mean, I'll turn off as many as I can. That's my value here. <laughs> I think I remember he, it was like kind of like how Sega would have, here's the new generation of boards for their arcade machine. I think that machine was, it introduced like, yeah, a new board or tech or something. Yeah, like it, it could have been. Maybe it's, maybe it's like a platform underneath. Right, it is. That's, yeah. what, that's sort of okay. what I meant. Okay. Can uh, yeah. I introduce well, yeah, the show now? Hold yeah, on. I'd, I'd like One that. second. Handmaid's okay. Tale just ended, no, and I no, really no, want to talk no, about no, it. No, no, no. No more plugs. Uh, until after I at least say what the, why we're talking about pinball, because this is a big departure for us. This, is, this show is not going to be about video games <gasps> for once. It's going to be about pinball games that are based on video games. <laughs> oh, God. Thank Swerved God. I and this we were, was yes, Dan's there, idea. There is still a tenuous link. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes. I, I mean, dear God, we were almost talking about amusements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mechanical amusements. <laughs> oh, Wait no. until yes. I get into my redemption game show. Uh, how many oh. tickets would you like? 
Uh, uh, you're listening in- to Pachinko Apocalypse. <laughs> Dude, uh, that is a great indie band name, by the way. Pachinko <laughs> Apocalypse. I would fucking I agree. see them at yeah. Bottom so, of the Hill. That would uh, be a, a hell of a show. So quick anecdote. I, when I was at Vivendi, was on, um, handled some external licensing. I licensed uh, Crash Bandicoot for a Pachinko machine in Japan. I had to like oh get God. approvals on the art for that machine. Somewhere, someone won... Not money, I guess balls that they turn into a window from a Crash Bandicoot Pachinko machine that I had a part of. Aww. That's pretty great. That's kind of amazing. <laughs> I just like but this. But the is, reason this, we're this ta- probably judging by whatever Dan's list is, I have a feeling this is the last time we're going to talk about approval and art. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, so I think we mentioned a table that might have been one of the reasons we had this idea. We mentioned Black Knight now. That is included in Pinball Arcade, right? Or maybe was included yes. in Pinball Arcade? Yes, mm-hmm. was included. So yeah, the, the real origin for this is Matt brought up the fact that the Pinball Arcade from Farsight Studios, which has been basically one of the two leading pinball platforms for uh, console and PC uh, recreations. It's truly uh, you've got amazing. Zen Pinball with the you know, Zen Studios who do, who do the Zen Pinball series. And those are all original tables. They license Star Wars and Marvel and some other stuff, but they are all original tables. Except unless you play the really early tables, in which case, I'm not kidding, they are literal recreations of famous tables that they simply like reversed and did in mirror mode. Black Knight 2000... Wow. They have basically stolen the design and published it as a uh, sports-themed table called Extreme. Wow. Um, But after they got, after a while, they 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 learned what they were doing, and you know, like everybody does. If you learn how to play guitar, you wind up copying the songs of the people that you like. So they copied the pinball machines that they were inspired by, and then they learned sort of what made a good pinball machine and not. And then, so that's the original side. And on the other side of recreating physical machines from the real world is Farsight got the Williams license, and Williams is probably the most famous pinball maker uh, around. Uh, They have done the Adams Family. Uh, gosh, what are some of the other ones? Funhouse, Taxi, Fire. Like, there's a whole time. Like, there's a really good chance that if you've ever played a pinball machine, uh, it, it may have been made by Williams because they were yeah. just the dominant force through. From uh, Bali and Williams are part of the same company. It was WMS, and they are no longer uh, with us. Daniel, if if you listen to thirty twenty ten, I believe Bally and Williams, Bally Midway Williams merged together uh, thirty years ago, like almost to the day. Really. Hmm. Nerdy. Wow, mm-hmm. that is nerdy. But they would do some pinball tables under the Bally name, some tables yep. under the uh, the Williams name. But it was all the same processing plant in in, in Chicago. Uh, I was mostly I was mostly shocked to learn that Bally's Total Fitness was absolutely part of the same company and yes. ended up outliving oh, yeah. their yeah. pinball division for like twenty is, years. Yeah, I mean, if, if this was the... Japan, that would be really normal, right? Because doesn't like Konami have a line of gym of oh, uh, that might be yeah clubs? Yeah. And I will say, if you're interested in learning about pinball history, there is a great episode of a podcast called A Life Well Wasted uh, by Robert Ashley that you should go listen to. In episode five, he interviews this guy who was a, a pinball engineer at Midway, I think. And uh, it's it's a fascinating look at a dying industry. And if you were born after the 80s, I just want to say pinball is a game <laughs> where uh, you would use flippers to bat a silver ball around uh, at colored bumpers and make lights go off and sounds play and it was pretty cool it was around for years and years before video games and was for a time illegal in new york thanks to fiorella Lagardia, who that is was correct <laughs> and has an airport named for him that's right mm-hmm. it, uh, that is because pinball was used as a front for organized crime yes uh, and so gambling. they decided 
we can't, yeah, we, like, you can't, uh, you can't do pinball at all because that's tied to the underworld. So pinball got a really bad name for years and years, yep. decades, mm-hmm. until the late 70s when uh, actually Roger Sharp, who uh, wound up working for uh, Williams, he was a big pinball player. He wrote a seminal book called Pinball! Exclamation <laughs> point, uh, which is very out of print, but uh, it's like he was the expert. He had to testify, and he testified with a pinball machine, and all these senators gathered around at this at this hearing, you know, and oh, yeah. he, pl- he played pinball for them to prove that it was a game of skill. He started calling his shots, said, you see that target? I'm going to hit that target. And then he, he hit the target, he hit the ramps, he he said what he was going to do. He was, you know, he proved that it was a game of skill. That's what made it legal again. They went, oh, all right, well, then this isn't a gambling thing. This wow. is a game of skill. This should yeah. be allowed to, to be. But it, it was still illegal in Oakland, California right. until about five years ago. Yep. That's why That's why all oh, those really? barcades just started yeah. opening up. It was fucking illegal in San Francisco, like, until a few mm. years ago. Yeah. That's crazy. So, mm-hmm. you know. Over that time, I mean, it didn't. It was one of those unenforced laws, right? If, if you go to a, a bar and they've got a pinball machine, nobody's freaking out because pinball doesn't mean what it meant in the seventies. Yeah, and it's it's you know now it, it's, uh, it's admired as a game of skill. But the number one, uh, so uh, back to Farsight. The point of the Farsight is the game developer that makes digital recreations of those exact tables, especially since it's a dying breed, right? Uh, there is nothing that replaces the physical feel of pinball for sure. If you can play a real pinball machine, do it. Uh, but, you know, for those of us that don't have the space for a million pinball tables in their uh-huh. house, uh, or any of the technical knowledge necessary to fix the electronics inside, uh, or thousands of dollars to of buy those, and yeah. maintain machine. Yeah, brand new, <laughs> brand new pinballs still run because they're, they're they are still made, but they run about say seven or eight thousand dollars now. Yeah, and right. private collectors will buy them, you know, no problem, and put them in their house. You can get a used table depending on how old it is and what shape it is for much closer to a thousand, maybe even uh, six or seven hundred bucks. Hmm. But uh, Farsight decided they did the. Uh, the Pinball Arcade The Williams Collection. This came out on Xbox 360 about 10 years ago. And that was the first serious recreation of digital pinball of like, you like Medieval Madness? We have rebuilt Medieval Madness. All the physics are accurate. All the sounds go off the way they should. You can change camera angles, etc., etc. That worked out for them. They kept building over the next uh, 10 years. They wound up with more than 60 Williams tables. They've got a bunch of Gottlieb tables, like maybe 40 Gottlieb tables. They're starting to get some Stern tables. Stern is they what did. used to be Sega Pinball, and they're still the company that makes new pinballs. Stern is the people behind Metallica and Aerosmith and the latest Star Trek table and mm-hmm. ACDC. So, you know, a lot of licenses, uh, but, you know, they're still out there. But guess what? Licensing agreements tend to last about, oh, I don't know, 10 years. Yeah. So all of a sudden... About a month ago, Farsight told everybody, uh, hey, everybody, uh, we're losing the Williams license, uh, and we can't extend it, and we can't put it on sale. So if you want to buy any of the Williams tables, do it right now. Okay. Because wow. after June 30th, they're wow. gone forever. You can't buy them. Wow. I, who is their competition? What the hell? <laughs> That's the interesting thing. Another company has bought the assets of WMS. Oh, oh, okay. We don't know what they have planned for it, but I strongly suspect that they're going to shop it around. Because, uh, to be fair, Farsight did a very good job, but not a perfect job. They're a small company. They kind of got overwhelmed. They kick-started some they had, of the they, tables. They, they kick-started They've made to get, a lot of to weird get, mistakes. They kick-started to, like, get the more expensive license, like, including, like, Adam's right. Family, right? Yes. They kick-started for Adam's Family. They kick-started for T2. And they kick-started for Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm. And I did the first two, and I was a heavy backer. And they, I can't tell you how hard they screwed up fulfillment. 
In the end, I had to buy those tables twice, and I had donated $100 to each of those campaigns. So I felt seriously, personally fucked. Uh, But, so, you know, Farsight, good intentions, small team, doing what they can, kind of overreaching. So it's... My theories are are two. One, the license is going to go to a brand new developer who's going to do it the way that, like the Williams team wants to do, or maybe maybe it'll be somebody like Netherrealm, you know, like maybe mm. ex-Midway developers and ex-Williams developers may wind up doing conversions of the tables they worked on under a new umbrella. I don't know. That would be a dream. The other thing is maybe Zen, being the other leader, maybe right. they finally got the real, because they've said, no, we Ooh. love these tables, it would be wonderful. They've always been very polite, but a pinball monopoly under the Zen engine is a very interesting thing because Zen really knows fun. that they're making video pinball, so they put like a trail behind the ball, so it's yep. easier to see, and they yep. they let the toys jump off the table instead of just being static things that rattle in a wooden box. So, <laughs> the, I don't think that we've seen the end of Williams Pinball, but if you didn't buy it a couple of weeks ago, there's no way to legally get it right now, that and that's kind of weird. Then uh, uh, it might wonder... actually be easier to find a physical pinball table than it is to buy the Steam version or the Xbox One digital version. If you Excellent. bought it, you can play those tables forever. But if you didn't buy it, you're out of luck. You you want to know what my prediction is for whoever's going to buy the? You know those like Hit little me. mini uh, Galaga arcade cabinets, like the little nostalgia things yeah. that you can get. No. I think I think they're going to make those tiny ass pinball tables where oh. the physics is all fucked up and doesn't work. But <laughs> hey, it looks like the original and plays the same sounds. Don't do that to me because I would have to buy every one of them. <laughs> oh. It would be so bad. So your action figures can play with them. Exactly. Wow. How is this? Uh-huh. Oh, these these are terrible. But I do have sixteen yeah. of them. You know, yeah. like they all play. He man the... loves every last one of them. They all right? play with the <laughs> physics of like a birthday party, like labyrinth game. No, no, yeah. No. Like one of the <laughs> greatest gifts I got as a kid for Christmas was one of those little tabletop pinball machines that they yeah. made for kids. And mm-hmm. I played that forever and ever. It broke. I literally played that machine until it broke. Like plastic fell off of it. It cracked. And the ball would just like drop out of the table every once in a while. I'm like, wow. I don't care. I'm getting better. You yeah, know? I, think, I think I had a <laughs> so, Donkey yeah, Kong I've, one I've of been those. a pinball kid since way back. Like I, I was in the pinball arcades in the 70s when I was four and five standing on a little stool. Didn't know what the hell I was doing, you know. Uh, so I, yeah, this is a lifelong addiction. For I, me. I yeah, I didn't. I don't know if I explained it well in that episode where we talked with those um, arcade restorers. That for my, a very brief time early in my childhood, pinballs. Like one, my friend's dad had a pinball machine, so I just played every day. The uh, Elton John one, I just played that every single oh. day. Oh, Captain did he, Fantastic! Did he have Captain the, Fantastic! The, and, uh, the platform shoes that you have yeah. to stand on. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, and then, but that brief period when I'm growing up and just starting to play video games, like pinball was synonymous with video games. There were no consoles yet. I didn't even make a distinction between the two. I liked both of them the same. I thought they were the same genre, and then they just slowly started to disappear. And I just. I do kind of have, if a young person were to ask me what's great about pinball, it's hard for me to describe because it just seems kind of silly, but I do love it, and I love Zen Pinball. I, I played so much of that game on 3DS. For uh, me, I think pinball, one of the fascinations has always been, it, it has this Rube Goldberg type draw, which it's the complexity, hmm. and, and that's one of the reasons they're so expensive to own and maintain is it's almost overly complex, but I love that. I love all the, the levers and switches and the fact that... Yeah. Well, I mean, still mostly, you know, the actual pinball part, it's mechanical. It's not digital. Right. And, and that part to me is like there's something visceral about that and just cool to know that someone somewhere had to build that and that it has to work and that this this 
connection has to be made for electricity to run through this thing for that light to go and this sound to go off and that's all practical and they're right in front of you like I'm not I'm not like an engineer or anything like that but and I'm not really even that much of a tinkerer but mm-hmm. if I was like I wouldn't go buy cars to work on I would probably buy a pinball machine and just work on that for me I would I would get mm-hmm. a ton of joy out of that because they're just so it's just so cool there's there's I don't know there's just so much little little stuff yeah. you know yeah. to keep track there's of a, there's so, an old world romance to mechanical yeah. gaming that we've completely lost and pinball is sort of the last modern thing I mean again modern pinball games are mostly controlled by microprocessors you mm-hmm. know uh, they have advanced modes and they have rules that you can change Stern sends out updates uh, there are now certain limited edition version of pinballs which are designed for home play that would have a different kind of gameplay goal and an additional mode that would appeal to somebody who is not paying mm. to play versus the default modes, which are like you want to put in another quarter to get this done, right? You know, or another dollar, as the case may be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that old school romance, that's one of the things that I like about pinball. For exactly that, there's solenoids. How, how often do you get to use the word solenoid? You know, like there's there's so many uh, Praise the solenoid pieces. And yeah, there's no doubt that like all the pinball collectors that I know are also math people or engineers, and they're, they're tinkerers who like to bring these things back to life well, or you, keep them alive is the case you know yes you were talking about the history and i should i guess it's sort of a plug isn't there the museum mechanique or whatever in san francisco uh, museum mechanique yeah and, 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 and that in contains... alameda is the pinball museum in, in that's right pacific, that's... pacific pinball museum in, in alameda is one i would really recommend they have right. the very first pinball machine with flippers there uh, which was but, Humpty Dumpty in 1939 or 1937. Huh. But, it, but the Museum of Kanika contains the ones that were sort of like gambling because there were if, if there was no skill element, it was more like pachinko. It was just the ball yes. would kind of roll and yeah. and could get caught up on certain things. And so that's why, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't gambling, but there was that perception because it did, in a lot of ways, it was like a carnival game. Like like those old games, like, hey, roll this ball down and depending on where it falls, you know, yeah. if it goes in this one hole, you might win. Museum Mechanique yeah, also um, has all those, like, hand crank moviola things oh, or yeah. the, the little look in the... Nickelodeons. The viewfinder, yeah, to, to see a movie. Um, and, yeah, lots of very creepy old mechanical things from, like, oh, the 1900s. Oh, watch a robot do one dance move. Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'd rather. I'm glad that pinball has survived because it was by far the best mechanical idea of that era, uh, and it's you know it, it still holds up. But yeah, I mean, like you can find them. There is actually uh, an iOS app and an Android app called Pinfinder. I believe it's also Pinfinder.com, and you can just type in your zip code and it will tell you crowdsourced where the closest pinball machine is, what it is, how much it costs That's so to cool. play. Uh, so yeah, like I know where my local pinball machines are thanks to that. And that yeah. if I'm in a different city and I've got a little time to burn, sometimes I'll fire up Pinsider and go uh, Pin Insider and say what, uh, or Pinfinder and say you know where where's the closest bar with a good pinball machine. You know? Yeah, if you want to if you want to find all the local nerds, you basically just run that app and there it That's is. That's right. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're all congregating. Nerd love. <laughs> and quick quick plug for the Alameda Pinball Museum. I've always said, when I die, I would like to be buried in a casket covered in pinball art. Because for some reason, it's one of my favorite things, even for machines in eras I wasn't born in. I love pinball art. And that museum has, like, the original paintings that oh, ended yes. up being the pinball oh, cabinet oh, wow. art. And for some, it was, like, genuinely moving to me. Like, to, F4 yeah. Team Tomcat? This is the, this is the original. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, oh. my last wish is to deny this art to future generations. <laughs> yes. Bury it with me. Bury yes. it with me. <laughs> or I, 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 just, sort I of... figured you wanted us to screen, silk screen your, your casket. Right. They can be repros. Oh, okay. yeah. While we're you meant like throw in a bunch of backboards. Yes. <laughs> and then take all, put know, all my pets in the casket, too. 
Mm. I actually thought that you were going to get a casket with a vinyl wrap that says support me on Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Support my children on Patreon. On that note, this has been a super long preamble. Yes. And I would like to get into the top five, which again, in case you've forgotten because we mentioned it so long ago, is pinball games based on video games, which we'll get into right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. But there, and then um, somebody just randomly wanted to have a um, cannibal movie feature, a uh, double feature, so they brought like all their oh, we- friends, made like cupcakes with like body parts on uh-huh. them and like Jack Campbell the musical <laughs> and raw you know so it was they just felt like I it. remember it somebody for their birthday I uh, showed the blu-ray HD version of uh, Necromantic yeah oh my and invited god. all their friends what out is Necromantic? <laughs> oh my god it's a German horror oh, film where god. a chick fucks a corpse it's like the whole movie is about her Fucking a corpse? That's, Pretty much. And there's a sequel, too. But, uh, yeah, hey, come rent it at Cap City Video Lounge. We have both of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I thought it was so great. You know, she brings all her friends. And they're like, oh, I don't know what this movie is. It and was then you had people, blast. you had people coming out during the movie just to catch their breath. They're like, I don't know. Truly, like, like I mean, multiple people and just, I mean, like, this like my friend, but oh, in oh there. man, I got to go outside and have a smoke break. This movie's horrifying. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about what, Dan? We're here to talk about uh, pinballs based on video games. Because as you know, pinballs are off, very often licensed. We, we mentioned before, like there's a Tron Legacy pinball, there's yeah. an Adam's yes. Family pinball. Movies have always been fodder for... Uh, for pinball machines, you know, the if you if you did the top ten movie based pinballs, it'd be ridiculous. There's also like there's NASCAR, Shaq has a table. There's a bunch of crazy uh, things out there. Gilligan's Island, for Christ's sake, has its own pinball machine. Um, wow! But uh, it's 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 almost funny. You could do a show just on the biggest franchises that don't have pinball machines. But uh, uh, as video machine. games it's came in and sort of supplanted pinball as the main sort of location-based entertainment, as it became known, uh, you know, there was a resentment of pinball of this changing of the guard. That oh, you know, who's this Pac-Man guy, and what does he think he knows about you know taking people's quarters? So after a while, some of the companies realized if you can't beat them, join them. What if we did a pinball and mm. based it on these? These uh, these video games. I'm sorry. These video games. And uh, ah, and you, you know, you. could we make twice as much money? Could we get people reinterested in pinball if we put the characters and the scenarios from the uh, these video games into it? And they worked with varying degrees of success. Let's say, but. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever heard of any of the machines on this list, so that's an indicator right Okay, there. would you like to start with number five? I would like to start with... Number five! Uh, That's. Uh, I, I know you guys know what this is. Yeah, of it sounds a lot like the attract screen for that old game used to. That was uh, the Street Fighter Two. Yes, machine, right? this mm-hmm. is Street Fighter Two from 1993. So Street Fighter Mania was in full swing. 
Uh, Capcom licensed this to Gottlieb, which is one of the uh, one of the older uh, Alvin Gottlieb and company was the uh, one of the the original ones. Like I said, Humpty Dumpty, the first pinball machine with flippers, was done by Gottlieb. So mm. this is like the grand old man. Did not license the art, though. If you ever look at this, it's <laughs> yes. like okay, that is way they off did, model. They did yep. sort of well. I mean, they had to approve it, but yeah, they didn't supply it. So even if it, it's kind of mm. crap, uh, it's a big blue cabinet, and uh, the goal of the table is to fight all 12 of the Street Fighters, and you fight them by hitting certain shots on the on the playfield. So you've got this bank of targets, or you've got this drop hole, this sinkhole that you have to shoot. You've got a ramp, etc., like that. You, you do that, and it unlocks different people as you go through. So it's a very linear progression as you go through, and you take out Zangief, you take out uh, all these people. Chun-Li is represented, her spinning bird kick oh my is God. represented by <laughs> a flipper that moves 360 degrees. And you're what? supposed to. It's like the meanest thing. It's like the meanest. I've 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 heard Dan. I've heard of yeah. this pinball table. I have never seen it in my life in public. And I hope you can explain the big feature of it. But that particular feature, the the helicopter kick, as it's called on the yeah. table, it's just I, a that, flipper that, that spins also been in a circle. I wish I could have found a sound effect for that, but I did find one uh, of what happens when you win a fight. Select your victory award. So obviously there are uh, there are a lot of uh, sounds from the game, and there are a lot of completely new sounds in this. Power Rangers theme in there? <laughs> I guess. Why not? I just like the your pathetic uh, abilities are no match for me. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, a that's, very that's the first time 90s the anime spoke. voice. <laughs> yeah, the characters had never really spoken before that, right? Like in the game, they were just always text. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so this, I mean, this may wow. have been one of the first times. I, I don't know if the, if there were other uh, instances of it, but yeah, that. So I, I'm Dan. I want to know how do you unlock Shang Lung? Uh, well, really you 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 don't stand a chance. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. no, it's the the final round of this game is almost worse than that uh, because if you can manage <laughs> to make that ridiculous Chun Li shot, which is literally just a flipper moving 360 degrees, you have to shoot past it and assume that she it's just like doesn't do denied. You know, it's just like it's a shot it's, blocker. It's like shooting into a Chun Li licensed fan. Yes, and there's a little like. plastic cutout of Chun Li doing you know the full yes. splits that just rotates around on the top of the flipper. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you beat all 12 world warriors in this mode, then it gives you one ball to beat all of them again, make all of those same 12 shots, and do not lose the ball. Uh, That is obviously damn near impossible. I actually watched a video online of somebody who said that they had done it because he went back to the same resort every summer with his family, and they had the machine. I saw the same video. (laughs) And he he said it took him something like 10 years, 15 years, to be able to get good enough at the table to do it, but then it calls you the master on the uh, on the Ooh. pinball table, and he's that man's name exactly. Mitchell, exactly. It was <laughs> a main pinball machine. The video the that no he uploaded it's a kind of card, yeah. but there it oh, is. Oddly yeah. enough, hmm. and it's, it's almost as if there's no glass on the top of the table. Then he may have just been dropping the pinball <laughs> into the shots, but uh, if you're not sure, the uh, one of the. So is, is Chun-Li the final boss of this She's game? She's close to the final boss, because uh, 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 wow. Bison is one of the first guys that you get. Um, yeah. But hmm. her, her shot is definitely the hardest, and I think it's the, like, come on, kid, we're going to make you pump more quarters in this thing. 
Um, mm. One of the hallmarks of pinballs based on arcade games, uh, video games, is how do you represent what people know? How do you put something familiar in there? There should be as many <laughs> things that you can cram in as humanly possible. So they said, you know what the key to Street Fighter is? This is crazy. The car crushing, uh, you know, beating up the car uh, in between Perfect. the stages. That, yeah, you need to, we need to represent that. So, uh, as is sometimes the case with pinballs, there is a, an upper play field or a lower play field in addition to the main play field. So you can kick the ball down and there's an extra set of flippers and you have a bonus goal or you have smaller targets or something like that. A haunted house from 1980 from Gottlieb is, or 1982 is one of those that's really renowned for its, its uh, uh, under, under play field, the lower play field so in this case there is a little toy car and you hit the back bumper of the car and it slowly crushes it gets scrunched and scrunched which makes the the shot that you have to make a little bit further away and so you have to keep hitting it with force so you have to shoot harder and more accurate and this is on a very small play field so yeah they actually I, i give them credit for doing that uh, of course, that becomes another very specific mechanical part, like we were talking about, that can go wrong and that you have to fix. And mm-hmm. you know, it's a, so it's flexible yeah. plastic, but it squishes the car, uh, and you get a bonus for that. <laughs> yeah, oh. I think uh, there are probably uh, the reasons for pinball machines disappearing so much is probably a a decline in popularity, but b uh, they're not popular enough to justify the cost of repairing yeah. them. Which I'm sure is astronomical, and now you have to find people who are specialized. Absolutely, in I mean it's the same as as uh, as arcade games. You know, stand up arcade games have the same thing. You have to repair those mm-hmm. monitors, or you have to have extra uh, buttons and stuff. But yeah, keep maintaining an arcade game is a million times easier because springs, fuses, subsystems. Yep. Well, this is the audio subsystem. This is the light subsystem. Oh, uh, you know, the bulbs have burnt out. Maybe we need to replace them with LEDs. That's a thing that you can do now. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost not worth it to keep one alive. So it becomes a vocation. Uh, one of my friends, TJ mm. Beyer, has, is like one of the guys that puts on the California Extreme Show that, that uh, happens in the area every year, where all the private collectors mm-hmm. bring out their video games and pinball machines and put them on free play for a weekend, and you pay one price and get in. And that's his full-time job. He still operates pinball machines on location in pizza wow. par- parlors and bars uh, and in you know arcades and stuff like that. And he's notorious for going in and fixing pinball machines that he sees are broken, even though he hasn't gotten the call. Like, if he's servicing something, he'll break into other guys' machines uh, and and fix them so that wow. they work again. So he's doing God's work, oh, as far wow. as I'm concerned. TJ is like the Robin Hood of <laughs> pinball, you know? Yeah, wow. and, and to, to this game, <laughs> bring that to this game, like, I have... I found out about this game a while ago and have been trying to, like, look at it. I'm still baffled by how the car-crushing mechanic works. It's just a little piston. And... Yeah, and, and, and like you can find on YouTube a guy explaining it to you, and he's like, uh, "This should have two springs. If it has one spring, it will not work at all." Yeah, that's the kind of weird <laughs> shit. You're like, "I don't know what's wrong." It could take yeah. you five hours to figure out what specific part of a pinball has gone wrong. Imagine going like, yeah. "Oh, I didn't have an extra spring in the car crusher." Good lord! <laughs> so, uh, are there it, any it, other it, uh, Street Fighter elements in this game? Like, the, I would imagine almost for extra ball, I could easily see like the barrel game. No, no, this is the only that. thing that I know of. I don't even think that there's a video mode in this. I could be wrong. Uh, if if one of you guys knows from watching YouTube videos, um, chime in. But I mean, I was watching the YouTube video. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't I, see a video element unless it's like the the LCD thing that they or the the little LED lights that. Yeah, I I think it's honestly up. like, ju- which is kind of nice that it's a simple thing. Make this shot. This shot is blinking. Shoot for that shot. 
I asked uh, Bowen yeah. Karen, who is a three-time like uh, pinball champion, uh, international pinball champion. I said, when you approach a, a machine for the first time, it's overwhelming, and a lot of people just hit the flippers. They don't know what they're doing. How do you know what to do to do well on a pinball table the first time you're playing it? He goes, shoot for what's flashing. Because it sounds stupid, mm-hmm. but that's it. The game is trying to tell you this is an important shot. You do that enough, you observe. After two or three plays, you know what the base, even without reading the scorecard or having somebody explain it to you, listen to the table, take your time, mm-hmm. look at what the flashing lights say, and then go from there. And Street Fighter is one of those tables where the flashing light says, shoot Ken now, shoot Bison now, shoot Dalsim now. And so make that shot, and then it will reward you. It, it does the, the victory music that Michael played, and then a different light lights up. So there's something to be said for a table that isn't overcomplicated. Uh, and, you know, there's multi-ball modes and things like that, and the, and the tables generally give you the feedback that you need to, to find out how to succeed at it. But yeah, Street Fighter Two pretty much straightforward. There's an interesting note before we move on. Um, Capcom actually did make its own pinball machines uh, about three years later, and I don't know if that was a part of the company's move to diversify or whether they saw the success of Street Fighter 2 because it was 5,500 tables is not a bad amount of tables uh, the number one pinball table of all time is Adam's Family it had a production run of 20,000 tables that's unheard of uh, most yeah. tables are more around wow. 6,000, 7,000 so 5,500 isn't bad especially considering that Gottlieb was not the market leader at the time uh, but a couple of years later, they decided we're going to start Capcom Pinball. And they hired some of the same guys who made all these great Williams pinballs and stuff like that. Uh, they did that in 1996 and 97, but they only fully produced five machines. Uh, and then they went out of business. So there are eight total Capcom machines. Three of them are prototypes or white woods, as they're called, before they do all the silkscreen mm-hmm. printing. And while they're still testing the shots and the angles... Uh, you just get a white piece of wood and you carve out the grooves or you make notes on it and stuff like that. I actually got a chance to play the Lord of the Rings stern table as a white wood at a pinball museum. I was super, super impressed. Um, but of those five machines, at least two of them generally show up at California Extreme. One of those five machines that was, quote, in production had a production run of nine there are nine, <laughs> nine? Pin, pinballs from Capcom. But the interesting wow. thing, out of all of those eight games, none of them are based on Mega Man or Resident Evil or any other Capcom property. They did eight huh. original themes not based on their own games, but they licensed what? out Street Fighter to Gottlieb. Isn't that crazy? You would think that they'd be That's like, so weird. well, huh. let's stack the deck. We've got all this great IP. Let's bring people in. Even when Gottlieb advertised Street Fighter 2 through flyers that go out to distributors and arcade owners, uh, they, they played up the fact that you know, if you've got one, you need both. You, if you want maximum earnings, you've got to bring all the Street Fighter boys to the yard and, you know, have them drink your <laughs> pinball milkshake or whatever the analogy is. Uh, you know, you, you, need, you need the set. You need the set. That's, that's what it is. So I just thought that was amazing. Uh, the weird thing about Capcom making pinball machines is that they, they have been making, um, like, they've been making machines and mechanical amusements in Japan, like, nonstop. Uh, this whole time, like anything that's so a bunch of stuff that is Nintendo branded is actually made by Capcom, huh. um, including I think you can see like a Louis, the Luigi's Mansion arcade machine that that made it over here. Um, but is I don't think pinball is very big in Japan. I think that's probably how that yeah. happened. I mean, Pachinko has always been the it, king in Japan, right? So yeah, I mm-hmm. I can't say that for sure. I would love to look into it, but either pinball is not big in Japan at all or there is no nostalgia for it because I've been to a bunch of arcades there and there is no pinball whatsoever. I never want to go to Japan now. Oh, Dan, <laughs> don't say that. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I always just thought of Pachinko as like, I don't know if you guys remember, like, back in the 80s, you could get those little uh, handheld plastic things that were, like, spring-loaded, and it would, like, shoot a, bun- a ball up in, like, a pegboard oh, yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember but that. now with a gambling aspect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's more fun with oh, gambling. Hmm. All right. Number four. Let's move along to... Number four. Who knows what this is? This is the first music that plays when you play the game. So if you've never played this table, it might sound familiar, but probably not. Hmm. Well, anyway... Shall I just say well, what it is? Uh, give, yeah, give, him the, uh, give him one of the sound samples. It's time to play Power Ride! Does that help at all? <laughs> okay. <No>. This is <laughs> what? Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yes, Shut there up. is a pinball table not only based on Roller Coaster Tycoon, <laughs> but the flyer has an emblem on it that says, based on the hit PC CD-ROM game. Uh, oh, this, is, wow. this is from 2002. And one of the things that makes this interesting is who designed it. It is designed by Pat Lawler. Uh, Pat Lawler is one of the legends of pinball design. Steve Ritchie is the guy who did sure. uh, 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 Black Knight 2000 and uh, F-14 Tomcat mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, Pat Lawler is the man who did Adam's Family, Twilight Zone, uh, Bonsai Run, which is the one where the, the ball is carried into the back glass of the machine and you have to sh- play vertically <laughs> um, Safe Cracker which is a combination of a pinball machine and a board game that you play uh, it, it, I Ew, mean like whoa. this guy has had more incredible pinball ideas than anybody you know he's done about 25 pinball machines and most of them are amazing but you know Adam's Family obviously is crowning achievement Twilight Zone also has a huge mm. cult around it so Stern, this is oh, after great. Williams had stopped making pinball machines. Stern, being no dummy, says, come on over here and make us some games, Pat. Uh, and again, you know, licensing isn't seen as a negative thing. So, hey, what would you do uh, with Roller Coaster Tycoon, which is, of course, a very sedate management sim of running a theme park? <laughs> and you build my own pinball yeah, machine? Not quite. What I... you do is you're running the park, hmm. and the conceit of the table is that. Uh, the score is the number of people who are attending your park. So the, or uh, sorry, no, you uh, you have a score, but you're also building. Uh, you're trying to uh, add people to your park. So the more people that come, the more successful you are. So every time you do a shot that you know correctly, you get a, this target, or you hit this ramp, or you do whatever, it adds more people to your park. And throughout the table, there are little targets that you that represent the different rides. There's one called the Egg Scrambler. Uh, there's, uh, the, you know, like there's there's a couple of different pinball machines. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, roller coasters, rather. Yeah, there's not pinball machines in the pinball machine. That's like Inception. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd um, be, <laughs> yeah, meta pinball. Yeah, but uh, you, you light them up, and it's a simple uh, traffic light thing. So, like, you go from red to yellow to green. Uh, and once you prime it, then you open the ride, and then you can get extra bonus points for riding the ride, for making that shot again. Uh, so hmm. yeah, there's a there's a bunch of of different things that you can do, uh, but that again, it's it's a pretty straightforward when you think of it that way. Everybody knows red, yellow, and green. It's even been used in other pinball games. High speed, notorious for uh, you know setting the, the the traffic lights to certain settings, um, and and that's it. There's there's a there's a dunk tank. So uh, anytime that you see. <laughs> 
like physical objects or plastic models on top of a pinball machine playfield. Those are called toys. It's just the industry term that it's just it's a toy. Um, so like Twilight Zone, Pat Lawler's other table, filled with toys. There's a gumball machine. There's uh, there's you know there's there's crazy ramps. There's you know anytime there's animated stuff. A fun house is one of my favorite tables. And there's an animatronic head that talks to you that you can shoot the ball in his mouth. That's like yep. one of the yeah super creepy, yeah, super, super creepy. annoying. By the way, speaking it's of, of fun house, yeah. voice of Rudy the dummy in that game, Ed Boon. So, uh, not kidding. <laughs> not at all kidding. He's, that guy just does he, everything. Yeah, he's, he's not super, like, happy about that. He won't do the voice on command. But uh, it, it's, it's just another weird bit of, of my Ed Boon stalker trivia. So, um... But will he do the voice under I don't. I, let's find out. Uh, <laughs> he... Uh, will he do the noob cyborg? Right, exactly. Really no, that, that's the funny thing. The Mortal Kombat announcer, you know, fight and all that, that's Steve Ritchie. Yeah. That's the guy who created F-14 Pom- uh, uh, Tomcat and Black Knight. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, like, pinball <laughs> f- like flows through everything that, that Williams and Midway did for years. Super incestuous. Um, but there's a dunk tank in the Roller Coaster Tycoon thing, and I, this is where I think that they phoned it in. Because instead of having something cool like an animatronic head or, uh, you know, like, uh, like little finger puppets or, like, the castle that's actually animated when it explodes in Medieval, uh, in, in medieval Madness... It's a troll doll. Like, that's so yep. super lame. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember this now, and it just, like, vibrates right, really quickly exactly. or something. That's really like, all they oh did. You know, there's not a lot of animation. It's an actuator. It's something that's going to move up and down or move left and right or vibrate violently. Yeah, yeah it vibrates. You know? It's an actuator. The mm-hmm. thing that makes uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon uh, interesting to me is the intensity of the voiceovers. Uh, <laughs> now, we, yeah. I, I'm... For example... Get yourself a hot dog. Now that is a reference to Funhouse. That's a pinball in joke from a different yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Because Rudy says, "Get yourself I a hot Rudy's dog." Voice, Get yourself a hot yeah. dog. So yeah. I just thought it was great that there was a little in joke like they speci- That's not a uh, coincidence. And and I think Pat Lawler may have worked on Funhouse. I'm not sure, um, but he was certainly there when it was made. And knowing that that was a sort of carnival Funhouse atmosphere, that's a cute little crossover. The thing that's insane that- here is that. So these uh, speech samples are coming directly from the board. I was lucky enough to find an internet pinball uh, site just for pinball sound effects and for people that want to modify their sound effects and put in their own custom soundtracks into tables because, of course, that's a thing you can do. Uh, But they also had the backup for Roller Coaster Tycoon, so if you wanted to go back to factory sounds, you could. This is the most intense... Multiball, like there, there should be a '90s commercial for this sound effect, where kids' eyes bug out of their head and juice from the juice box squirts out of their ears, and you know, th- the intensity of this is frightening. It's it's like a psychotic <laughs> scream, and yeah, it's yeah. A, it sounds like Rayman just finished yeah, the level, or, or, it, it, or it sounds like <laughs> yeah! sex for the first time, and they realize they can do this. You know, like I have two yeah. balls. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's just completely and utterly bananas, and I'm just like. Uh, the point of a pinball machine is to really engage the player and make them feel like they're at the verge of doing something amazing so that they screw up and then put more money in, right? Like, the number of times that I've blown the key shot simply because the music ramps up and the voiceovers start telling me, you know, hit the hurry up, do it fast, do it fast. It's always that kind of stuff in pinballs. <laughs> and that's to distract and, in you know, and stoke the player. 
into like, can you make the shot when the pressure is on? That's part of the fun of pinball. Gets your heart racing. But crazy man shouting multi-ball three octaves above his speaking voice <laughs> is simply one of the most horrific things. <laughs> it's it's one of the most horrific things God. I've heard in a pinball machine. I I feel I I'm getting post-traumatic stress disorder as if I'm like one of the guys working these arcades. Can you imagine exactly. if you had to work near that machine? And it's, uh, you know, multi-ball is pretty uh. common, especially if you're a skilled player. So now you also understand why people would want to put custom sounds in their video in their pinball machines yeah. because if there's uh. one thing I think if I owned an RCT in my house I would be like we we need it can you just say hey multiball you know like just just uh, totally <laughs> under just get like George Carlin's stoner guy be like multiball man you know multiball. Re- relaxing yeah. multiball. so I worked at Office Max a couple times when I was in college and uh, I just it was like during a period when those magnets that like you push on them they make sounds were very popular and so like several times a day like some kids would go over to that display and just start whacking all the magnets and i'd have to hear those goddamn (laughs) sounds over and over again and i just realized like no being in working in an arcade would be that non-stop all day it's like a casino i love it actually let me give a preemptory apology so i have kids every time i walk into a store and there's anything like that you bet your ass. They run over and they touch every of single course. button. And, and I immediately just like, I bail. I'm like, we're out of here. I'm so sorry. And I just run because I'm so <laughs> embarrassed when that happens. Well, that's uh, what kids I do. recommend taking I, a multiple I, I, sound and accidentally putting it on a loved one's uh, phone as their text message. <laughs> I mean, if, can you imagine that guy shrieking every time that you got a text uh, message? It would be horrific. That's, I don't want to that's play what should again. happen every time there's a forced Amber Alert on my phone. <laughs> should be that guy's voice. I, I don't. Oh, I'm probably just speculating here, but like when I, I was talking with my friends about, oh, what pinball game would you try and track down if you could? And one of mine is is Cyclone, yeah. which which one has is hey you ride, ride the Ferris. The I Ferris love that wheel. shit. It, ride the Ferris wheel, and is that maybe? Those things were ubiquitous. I don't know if it's my favorite or just the one I played the most because I played it like kind of everywhere. I think I went to a free summer camp that had Cyclone a Cyclone machine. Cyclone was very machine. popular. Cyclone had two sequels, Comet and Hurricane, which were also based on roller coaster mm-hmm. themes. Uh, Cyclone is a very simple table by modern standards because it was 1986. So there's a Ferris wheel mm-hmm. that picks up your your uh, ball and then scoots it along a squiggly ramp, and that was amazing at the time because we'd never seen it was, uh, was that a- kind of stuff. It was awesome. Ronald Reagan was yes, on the cover. Ronald Reagan is riding front. on the on the on the back glass. He's, he's I believe he's riding with Margaret Thatcher. Am I am I incorrect? <laughs> is it, or uh, Nancy, Reagan. Nancy Reagan? Multi ball. He should have said they it. Kind of look the same. Multi ball. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so it, there's only a handful of original themes that people use in pinball, and yeah, uh, amusement parks or roller coasters is one of them. So this was just interesting. Yeah, that's like it's not like we couldn't have come up with our own, but we really wanted to cash in on the popularity of roller coaster right. tycoon because people that didn't play video games played roller coaster tycoon. It was like a, it was a sedate mm, PC true. game for adults, and it was okay because it wasn't you know violent or anything. It was like play at your own pace and. And, you know, it was more of a cerebral game. So that is the why it crossed over to, well, older people play pinball. I At Activision, when I worked there, I was playing Zen Pinball in my office one day just to relax. And uh, damned if one of the Call of Duty PR guys didn't come in and go, oh, you're playing those grandpa games. And I'm like, fuck you, man. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt that hmm. pinball appeals to an older generation. But So what you're telling me, Dan, is that it was sort of a... Tycoon Jack! Yes, Tycoon 
Jackpot! So, yeah, there's an awful lot of this, guys. <laughs> I had to listen to about 50 or 60 sounds before I found the sounds that I wanted. So my brain was pretty much fried listening to this guy. N- need I remind you, this is the sim game where you click around and place trash yes. cans and uh, make sure that there's bathrooms throughout the park and make sure that you don't put food places near the roller coasters so people don't throw up all over exactly. your park. It is mm. the most mellow, put-you-to-sleep experience you can have yes. on a PC. Or it can be incredibly violent if you uh, purposely design roller coasters to go off the rails and, and uh, yeah. delete all the bathrooms. Here's the other weird part about <laughs> the, the pinball game. He's not the only voice. Because there's in, in, a, in the haunted house in the park, there's a bad Dracula who also talks to you. Of course. So I, did, I, in, I intentionally strings. did not get any of those things because I figured, <laughs> you know, never mind. Ah. So that's pretty much it for RCT. You want to get to number three, which I know you guys are going to know. I do. Number three. My name's Mario. We have to put it Mamma mia! So, remember so- last week when we, uh, implied that Charles Martinet's first role as Mario was mm. in Mario Teaches Typing? That yeah. was wrong. His first role as Mario was in this pinball game. correct. But I know why it was wrong. I read the backstory. He's not credited because they apparently, allegedly, stole the voice samples and did not run it by him. And he found out later is uh, one of the stories I found online. Wow, I did not know that. That, and that's, yeah. that's especially surprising considering, like, this doesn't sound like the final Mario voice at not. all. Like, no. This was clearly a work I in progress. I was surprised to find out that it was him, but I was like, yeah, that, that's not what I heard in Super Mario 64, you know? Guys, I, this machine, every time I see it, it's beautiful. It fills me full of joy. It's so inspired by Super Mario World, a special game that came out at a very special time in my life. And... I'm not a pinball aficionado, but every time I go play it, it's one of the worst pinball machines I've <laughs> ever it? played oh. in my life. So, but it no. sounds so good. What the matter? I'm a super now. Okay. <laughs> and, and it sounds good. It looks good. The art on the machine right. it is, looks amazing is, but but one thing i noticed the led mario looks terrible he's like squished down it is way off model holy um, macaroni it's <laughs> <laughs> a well-known the, catchphrase holy macaroni yeah of course i i did fall down a bit of a rabbit hole in doing research and i realized i have a fetish for promotional flyers for pinball yes. machines They're the and best. this one in particular it has all official mario art and i was like I need to see more so, of this stuff. So, I don't know if you can go to California Extreme this year, but traditionally you can go there and buy pinball flyers. There's guys that just show up oh, with binders yeah. full of flyers. And I actually had a very large, very large collection, like seven binders of pinball and arcade flyers that I got back when I was in the media. And this became a sticking point around the house because all you do is keep them in the garage in bins. So I wound up selling a bunch of them uh, and I saved about two binders worth, and I don't have Super Mario Brothers, but they'll get like ten bucks a shot for these flyers. You can download them all online. You can see them all online. Yep. Uh, there are ex- very, very nice pinball flyer and, and video game flyer archives online. So if you want to see any of these, Arcade Flyer Art Museum exactly. is amazing. Uh, but for the physical ones, they only made so many, and they were never for 
they were not for general public use. They, you know, they, they have the dimensions of the magazine on it, some sales copy, some pretty shots of, of the hardware. Maybe, if you're lucky, a quick overview of how to play the game and what its key features are. And then, uh, generally, yeah. an area that's left blank where you could literally rubber stamp the name of your local distributor. So, like, Williams would send hmm. them to the local distributors, and the distributors would send them out to the arcade and bar owners, and that local distributor would say, well, if you want to buy this, here's my contact number. And then they would buy it or lease it or whatever. So, um, Nice. The, it's funny that you say that this is a terribly designed game because one, the guy who designed it was one of the guys that designed the Street Fighter table. This is also a Gottlieb table, and he designed <laughs> this one before Street Fighter 2, but it's John Norris. He was one of two designers on Street Fighter, so maybe he just works better as a collaborator. Uh, but this was from 1992 in, uh, in Gottlieb. 4,200 units of this were produced. It's pretty straightforward. Uh, some people have noticed that it's based... It's called Super Mario Brothers, or Super Mario Bros, if you will, uh, but all the mm-hmm. iconography is from Super Mario World, which was probably the latest batch of key no, art. Well, so mm. that's one of the reasons yeah. I love it so much. Because back before Nintendo non-canonized right. everything, the Bowser is the Super Mario Brothers Super Show Bowser, and Wart is on the on is right yeah. there on the front. Wart from the boss from Super Mario Two, who was never ever in any other Mario anything. Is Suddenly, it, like, he's on a pinball machine. You're like, how does? Yeah, front and center in this pinball machine. And I, I don't, I don't. Here's, I don't. Again, I don't know what makes a bad pinball machine. It feels like the play field is a little smaller than a normal pinball machine. Uh, no, Super Mario with the big blue one. That's yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a standard size table. Although there are different widths. Okay. Well, how about this? Which I, I tried this on multiple. I tried this on multiple coasts. Flipping great pinball uh, in in Florida and free gold watch in San Francisco. Uh, pull the. Pull the thing all the way back, shoot the ball, it goes directly and <laughs> down the drain. Yes, well, sometimes that's Every how scene. the operators have them set up. Uh, if an operator is responsible, or if the, t- the table is designed it's well, then you sh- it shouldn't across do Across the country, yeah. Dan! Well, then I guess it's bad design. I mean, that's that's. I have that problem with Twilight Zone. <laughs> I just shoot, and it instantly drains, and there's a couple mm. other machines that, like, it drains so easily. Ghostbusters by Stern. You would think that I would love a Ghostbusters pinball table. I was just table. about to say Ghostbusters. It's, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. one, of the, it's mm. one of my least favorite modern tables. I, I really, really hate it. I hate it physically, and I hate it digitally. Aww. It's such a disappointment for me. Because Ernie Hudson did original VO as Winston uh, for that machine but so for Super Mario Brothers in order to win what you have to do is you hit uh, the letters S-U-P-E-R as different targets around the play field uh, and then that opens up a new shot that says shoot for the castle because obviously your princess is in the castle right no your princess is in another castle once you shoot the castle then it resets super and you have to do it again if you shoot the castle Mm. seven times then you win (laughs) That's too faithful. Wow. Which would well, it would be the only time anyone, <laughs> it would be the only time anyone went through all seven levels in a Mario game right. without. Right, but here's ahead. the weird so thing: it's, it's not really Spe- faithful especially at all. since uh, Mario had eight levels. <laughs> okay, but so, how yeah. do you win pinball? Pinball doesn't have an end state. Pinball is by its design usually how long can you keep the ball going? How many targets can you hit? If right. you hit all the goals on the table, it just resets. Some of those tables maybe you have to hit those targets more times so it becomes harder. It's really unusual that a, p- a pinball table have a win state. You get a replay so you can immediately start playing again, but there's an ending. So here's the interesting thing. Say uh, Chris is in Florida and he plays flipping fantastic or whatever the fuck the name of your pinball table is uh, place is he he <laughs> shoots and he gets like six of the castles and then his mom has to come pick him up right you walk up to it mom! You, yeah exactly 
You get one castle. You get the the award for seven castles. It carries over the castles from the previous player. So a lot of pinball machines that's don't work awful. that way. So you can come up, get one castle, and be like, yeah, that's fucking right. I beat the game. And then you get a free game on, on oh. poor Chris, who was, like, sweating through. You know, I spent 850 on this thing getting through six castles, and now I have to go. I hate you, Mom. I want to go live with Yeah, the day. pinball the, – the, the, <laughs> the birthday party is over, Chris. It's time to go. Um <laughs> No. That sort of that could effectively cap your top score, though. I guess unless you were doing lesser things and avoiding right. the supers. Right. Yeah. So this this is a weird table. I, it's not one that I've seen in competition very much. But yeah, just that th- that reality that somebody else could cash in and get their name up on the high score table for work that you did is is kind of weird. Once again, Billy Mitchell. Billy Mitchell. Just just, yeah, maybe he's got one. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Stripped of his titles after it. Turned out that he came in on someone else's continuous. I rescued stream. every princess in every castle, and then I got her pregnant. Um, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I, I beat uh, Mario four, five, and six that my uncle right, has because he, he works, works at Nintendo. Uh, Buy my well, hot yes, sauce. I do smell this like table hot sauce. also has a video mode where uh, what does Mario do? He's Jump Man, so he jumps. The whole thing that you do. You hold the right. You press the right flipper to jump over gaps that uh, show up on the dot matrix display, uh, and hmm. uh, you can run with a left flipper if you want to take them at a at a better speed. If you get through the video mode and you jump all the gaps in the in the playfield, you get ten million points. The secret cool way to do it is hold down the left flipper from the beginning and never stop running. And if you can still complete the course, mm-hmm. you get 30 million points. So this is actually Ooh, a, a wow. pinball game that has some Easter eggs in it, because that's undocumented. Um, and there's apparently a couple wow. other like secret shots or things that you can do, but that's that's the big one. It's a shame that it's bad, because it, it has so much cool stuff on paper. Like I know the ending thing is unusual and weird, but on paper, it's, diff- it's at it least is different. different. Yeah. And, so it- and that's cool. And uh, now... I, I would be remiss. It's it's a pinball show, right? And what do you get when you when you get an extra chance? You get an extra ball. Thank you, Crazy Rock uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon guy, for telling us about Expo Draw. <laughs> oh. There is. I have an extra ball thing to mention here, where there was actually two Super Mario Brothers machines. Uh, the oh. other one is called Super Mario Brothers Mushroom Kingdom. It came out two months after Super Mario Brothers. It's yellow. And that one, Chris, this may be what you're thinking of. It is a physically smaller table designed for children. Okay. It is a completely different okay, okay, layout. Yeah. And it actually came with two sets of legs. Because, you know, they just bolt on the legs to a pinball uh, table. They're just aluminum legs. It had a shorter set of legs. So you could set it up for adults to play or you could set it up for kids. Uh, the shots are much easier. Instead of ramps and stuff, there's like one ramp area, I think. Uh, but since it, most of the shots are just, do you see a hole in the table? Shoot for the hole. And the ball goes underneath the hole, and then it comes back out another place. So they're much easier shots. The thing that makes it even weirder... And, oh, of course, all the sinkholes are like warp pipes from the Mario universe, so that was kind of nice. Uh, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But it also can convert to a ticket redemption machine. So, like, ski ball or anything yeah. like that. You could, in, like, your score, instead of just giving you score, you could play for fun, or you could set this up for kids so that they would keep pouring money into it so that they would get tickets spitting out of the thing. So these are, uh, mm. there are a lot less of these produced so uh, there are only 512 of that machine produced but you i have seen them occasionally i did play one once um you know it's a terrible machine built for babies but uh it is interesting inherently interesting because clearly gottlieb got the mario license and they're like well we're not screwing around with this 
you know, we are we are making two machines. Fuck it, we're making one for adults and we're making mm. one for kids because everybody loves Mario. Um, but yeah, isn't it? I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Different people designed it too. It's not like just John Norris was like, hold on, let me do two at the same time. Uh, but yeah. And it's it, it is it is it really leans into Mario three yes, the it older does. game yeah the they they, they sort of went with Super Mario World for the first one but Super Mario three the dot matrix display you'll see him in the Tanuki suit Mario runs by and stuff oh, like nice. that so you know they are authentic yeah. in their own way and and like you know there's a lot of respect for the license in both of these tables but uh, <laughs> yeah I can hear yeah. that voice. <laughs> for all the mistakes that it makes there's also that so. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was wonderfully well timed. One of the most surprising things, I guess, about this is how long it took to get out. Because if if we're going off Mario Three Super, you know, Mario World stuff, that's several years after. Well, de- several years after you know Mario Bros. But then even Super Mario Bros. So it yeah. took him quite some time. I wonder what the delay was caused by, other than maybe just Nintendo being very Nintendo protected. being it, it Nintendo. It could have been that, but yeah. I also don't yeah. think that the pinballs were done necessarily as a response to we need a pinball tie-in with this game. I think it was more of like. What assets do you have lying around that you have a lot of that we could decorate an entire thing with? So I think they're like, well, Super Mario World, you know, and then we've we actually we have some Super Mario Three if you want some old school. That's perfect. Let's do that, you know. And I, that's really what I think it was. I think the probably the idea to what do you think it would Nintendo? Hey, Nintendo's doing Cruise in USA and Killer Instinct. Would they be interested in doing you know this other stuff with us? You know, so this was actually before uh, Cruising and Killer Instinct. So maybe this is what wet Nintendo's whistle for being willing to work in an arcade capacity again where they weren't creating the machines themselves. I don't know. Hmm. But anyway. Shall we move on to... Number two. So oh, I wow. have to confess, we like Billy Mitchell are using an emulator. This, for this is true. Oh, it's this okay. was somebody actually rebuilt this pinball table on their own, scanned in all the graphics and the gameplay, and programmed it uh, so that you could play I it mean, on your PC. Is this. My guess is, was that Baby Pac-Man we were just this listening to? This is Baby Pac-Man. So we, yeah. Baby Pac-Man uh, is, and, and I know that you're all familiar Ugh. with this. You've all seen it. Uh, and it was a fairly common machine. Obviously, if you're going to do this on the Pac-Man license, you're going to go in whole hog. Midway had, Bally Midway had the Pac-Man license. Uh, and so in 1982, they made 7,000 units of this particular thing. This is notorious because it was the first true video pinball hybrid. There is a pinball, a Pac-Man machine maze on the top half of the screen where the back glass would be. And then there are mm-hmm. two outlanes, you know, like there's the escape lanes on the side of pin, uh, Pac-Man mazes. And then there's two that are facing down. And if you go e- through either one of those, all of a sudden, a ball pops out and there's a mini physical play field for pinball uh, standing in front of you. So the shape of this machine is very weird. It's very deep, but it's the size, it's the height of a, of a video game. Um, for whatever reason, it has a very small screen, like a 13-inch monitor uh, in in a giant uh, you know back glass, um, but it's got a, a flippers and a joystick on the control panel, and it's got a very shallow, wide pinball playfield. The problem with this is that it's primarily a video game with a pinball bonus mode. So you, the game starts in the video mode, and you can kick out to the pinball mode. And you have to because, and this sucks, man, if you like Pac-Man games, how do you eat the ghosts? You eat a power pill, right? You eat the power pellet. 
There's no power oh, pellets. God. You have to earn the power pellets by going down uh, to the pinball field, hitting certain targets, and however well you do, when you drain, okay, well then we're going to kick you back up to the video section, and maybe there's a power pellet if you did well, and maybe not. And so you can earn up to four power pellets, and the goal is to actually get all of the points, and you live or die in this game based on your video performance. I shouldn't have to earn things. The world owes me exactly. a living. <laughs> well, also, it's kind of, it's disconcerting to be oh, like, oh, the world owes me That's all, living. you know, the, 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 the emotional satisfaction, if I can get very nerdy, the emotional satisfaction of playing a... Oh, no, 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 we never uh, get nerdy on this show. Of a Pac-Man game is knowing that you can always turn the tables. Like, just you guys wait. I'm going to bait you, and then I'm going to yeah. eat you, you know? And, and, and knowing that you ultimately have a brief period of power to, to, to get back at the bullies, you know, is sort of, to me, one of the core game dynamics there, is that you always have a fighting chance. You're, you're oh, outnumbered, but you have a fighting chance. Now they're like, fuck your fighting chance. You have nothing. Yeah. I'm looking at pictures of that screen, and there's a, there's a Twitter account I follow called Non-Aesthetic Things. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. They're the best. Basically, this Pac-Man machine fits that bill because you look at it, and there's something inside of you just snaps, and you go, this is missing something. I don't know what it is. And then when you realize it's the power pellets, it's like you just you want to tear yes. your eyes out. So it's, it, <laughs> the problem is it also was not – the code for Pac-Man was not written by Namco. So this is not like an official sequel or anything or something that – I mean, you know, they approved it from a licensing point of view. But it's it's very likely that this was grown out of the Williams side. It's very difficult right. because we all know the son of Miss and Mister and Miss Pac-Man is well. Pac Junior, Junior Pac-Man is, is assumedly what what Baby Pac-Man grows up to be. Um, oh wait, that's my other favorite thing about it. The power-ups start out with like baby ass candy, and the last one is a fucking glass. Oh well, of that's beer. that's Junior Pac-Man, I think. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Uh, but the problem be with Baby Pac-Man is that it is sort of like this aborted Baby Pac-Man is, is how I like to think of it. it. It's not a good Ooh. video game. It's not a good pinball machine. By shoving them together and yep. trying to say, this is the future. Look, kids, if you like pinball, you'll love video games. And if you like video games, you'll love pinball. It fails as both a satisfying game and a pinball machine. Yep. It's totally worth playing because it is so weird. Uh, and it, this wasn't yeah, even the only yeah. time that they did this. Two years later, they put out another game pinball hybrid called Granny and the Gators. Uh, and, and you can sometimes find that at Calixtreme, <laughs> too. And that one, they sort of learned from some of the problems of what made it. Granny and the Gators, I think, is more fun. Um, but uh, It better be. Right, it sounds exactly. like a Ray Stevens song. So, Now, for uh, some reason, kill it goes shot to ahead. Kill shot coming now, up. Now, keep in mind, the Williams Sound Library was used <laughs> in pretty much everything they did. So you're hearing Defender, Robotron, Joust-style sound effects because it's <laughs> yeah. all the same sound bank. Yeah. And we're still in 1982, which is like, that was state-of-the-art. So the way that arcade and pinball games get made is we've got a platform. We've got this, this sound daughter board. We can plug that into anything mm -hmm. we own. You can make the following sound. And we can make it sound like this. Get ready. Three, two, one, go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sounds gotcha. like Westworld gotcha. to me, honestly, you know? <laughs> like the yeah. old Yul Brenner Richard Benjamin Westworld. Yeah, the... um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, this is clearly one of those cases where, holy shit, we've got the Pac-Man license, and uh, the pinball side could use a pinball game, too. 
So let's make one. And now, of course, there's Ms. Pac-Man. This is the only time you're going to see her referred to as Mrs. Pac-Man. He made an honest woman out of her. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This was des- Didn't he end the cartoon show as well? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think she, maybe she was called Mrs. Pac by then. Uh, this mm-hmm. was... Well, you ha- you yeah. had we, to. we can't you have was... Pac-Man living no, in sin. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you got to marry me. I'm dying of cancer. I talk like this. And that about more <laughs> units of this were produced than baby Pac-Man. So it's actually more likely that you would find wow. a Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man machine. 10,600 mm-hmm. units. Uh, it was designed by a guy named George Christian. Uh, he had a... This was his biggest selling pinball game, or production line anyway, like, you know, number of units sold. But he is probably most famous for the 8-Ball series, 8-Ball, 8-Ball Deluxe, and 8-Ball Champ, which are all pretty darn good games. Uh, He also had the honor of making the Dolly Parton uh, machine, so I'm sure they had fun (laughs) painting the backlash. Um... You know, but yeah, to a certain extent, you you can't have a baby Pac-Man without Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man. However, if you do the math, Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man came out in April 1982, and baby Pac-Man came out in October of 1982, and maybe that's why uh, baby Pac-Man sucks so hard because he's premature, guys. It's it's a premium. Their, their sure. child was conceived <laughs> yeah, out of didn't wedlock. Didn't even get nine months yeah. in the womb. Um, but for Mr. <laughs> you know, you mentioned, so you mentioned the Dolly Parton machine. Oddly enough, you can swap that out with the Elvira art, and it's just a different face on there. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just whether or not she's got black hair or blonde <laughs> yeah. hair. Uh, you can change the wig. I want to play the uh, best little whorehouse in Texas machine. That would be... Oh, no, you don't. <laughs> um... So uh, Mr. and Mrs. Pac-Man actually did not have a dot matrix display. It predates that, so it was uh, digital readouts. But they had a 5x5 grid of lights in the middle of the playfield. And it did have a prototypical video mode. You know, we're used to things uh, where you can interact and play little video mini games like steering the car or whatever you -hmm. you may do. Um, This one had a light that represented Pac-Man. It had two different color LEDs under it. So there was like, I believe it's... it's, uh, uh, I don't know if it's yellow and red or if it's red and blue. I think it's yellow and red. So yellow is your Pac-Man and red is the ghost. And so you can go around this 5x5 five five maze, mm. if you will, and uh, you use the flippers super awkwardly to move him around and avoid oh. the ghosts. And then uh, you can activate a mode, and I love the name of this mode, Pac-Man Aggressive. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it lights up and tells you, like it's a physical light that says wow. whether you're in regular mode or aggressive mode. And then if it's in aggressive mode, then you can eat the ghost if you can catch the ghost in the maze. So I don't think that mode is very much fun. Every time I've played it, I, by the time I figure out what it wants me to do, I have lost. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it speeds but, up the you know, timer, right? Or it shortens the timer for you to get the ghost as well. It's, I believe it does, yeah. yeah. It makes it So, harder. I mean, but again, prototype for what would come later. They were like, how do we add additional video game style gameplay into pinball to make pinball more appealing to video game players? And this was like, ah, well, you know, it's a Pac-Man machine, so you got to be able to play Pac-Man. Man in a maze, and mm. by the way, hit these ramps and drop targets, and mostly drop targets. You know, yeah. So, well, uh, I mean, the, yeah, the, the other go. machine did the opposite, right? Like, I think what pinball machines later did is they figured out how to they added a video element to a pinball machine, whereas Baby Pac Man was adding pinball to a, a video game. And this one, absolutely, this one was that attempt of okay, we're we're going to add more of a video game element, even though it was very rudimentary with the maze aspect. It is straight up though a pinball table it's it's not oh absolutely yeah. yeah this is a full-size normal uh, legitimate pinball table from 1982 it you know it's full size it's got a back glass and mr and mrs pac-man are walking down the lane on the back glass so you'll see it right away they're in love they're holding hands or they're arm in arm or something and uh yeah so but they knew baby pac-man was coming because baby pac-man was in development at the same time mm-hmm. um so yeah interesting very interesting 
But is it as interesting as our... Uh, that those noises should trigger something in the the back of the head of anyone who was in an arcade in the early '80s. Yeah, and this—I mean, this is—I chose that sound sample specifically because, again, we were just talking about sound banks that, that are used in multiple games, yeah. and that has some multiple sounds heard that a, you may have heard in different was it games. A screeching but there's sound? one very specific. I heard this this the very like a screeching sound um, yeah. that was very almost like a. That's not joust, that, is it? Yes, it is joust. Oh, it shit. is joust. Well done, Maddie. The screeching sound is when your ostrich uh, has to hit the brakes and turn around really fast. <laughs> right. Now, this is number one for a couple of really good reasons. One, it's one of the only pinball machines of its type. Two, it's actually a hell of a lot of fun when you play it as designed. Uh, and yeah, so it's just called Joust. Uh, it was designed by Barry Aursler. He is Wait, what was uh, actually designed. Oursler. O-U-R-S-L-E-R. Oursler. Okay. Uh, He is the designer of so many classic Bally and Williams tables. Uh, Pinbot. I'm sure you've all played Mm -hmm. Pinbot Ah, or played the NES cartridge for Pinbot. Uh, He did both Space Shuttle and Space Station. Did he do Uh, the... Space Station is the better of the two. Did he do the Pinbot sequel Jackbot? He did do the Pinbot sequel Jackbot, which is a re... Basically, a rethemed uh-huh. pinbot table. Hmm. Uh, he did one called Fire, based on the Great Chicago Fire. It's notorious in arcades because it has a bell at the top of it that rings automatically, oh. like a big old clangy oh, fire bell God. from the 1800s. And one of the greatest sort of like uh, ragtime piano soundtracks I've ever had the pleasure to hear. Um, oh, wow. But Chris, he's the guy that did Cyclone Comet and Hurricane. Hey, you. Oh. Wait, was Hurricane the one with which? Did one of those have a fan? Like those machines that would no, that's whirlwind. Whirlwind, whirlwind thank has you, God, fan. that was so yeah. on hot summer days. That was like the refreshing machine. Oh yeah, play. yeah. No, I'm happy to keep putting quarters into <laughs> so, whirlwind because it had a fan in the back. I, box I don't want to get too off track, but right but the fire bell thing you was, that reminded me. I did a science experiment once in elementary school that my dad helped me set up, where I was showing how how metal can conduct things, and the way we would do the test is we had you know a battery, and then you could connect it to a bright red like fire bell like that exact thing you're describing the clangy thing so in the, the the science experiment hall you could hear when people were trying out my experiment because they would put a penny to make that connection it was like like the loudest fucking ringing noise ever and i was like i think i might have placed okay in that just so they could shut me up and not have me right do like that again. If, if we give you a prize will you go away yes. will you take your hideous creation and leave <laughs> it was, i hope you've learned something valuable about science don't ever do this was, again yes and by the way, like, really, like, wood's going to conduct this? That was the experiment is, okay, will this penny conduct or will this popsicle stick? Fucking, of course the popsicle stick's not going to conduct it, right? Like, anyway. Right. Um, so the, uh, the thing that makes this joust table so amazingly interesting is that it is a two-player simultaneous pinball machine Jeez. where the players face each other. So this is a pinball. There have been other ones mm. since, but this is and and there there was like an early experimental one, I believe. But this is the one that you're most likely to find. There's not a ton of these. I don't remember how many they made. But the idea is that you are hitting. You each have a symmetrical play field, mm-hmm. and you have your own set of drop targets, and your opponent has your own set of drop targets. You are trying to hog as many balls as possible 
to get all of your drop targets and and crank your score mm. while occasionally shooting one at your opponent to try to make them drain. So you're trying so to you're... Uh, hog balls and crank to shoot one at your opponent. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Got yeah, it. Basically, and you want it to go right down the slot. You know, if you can. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that would be the best way to do it. So the idea is, you know, you can. There's, that's a very interesting strategy. You you need to either, you know, keep control of your side of the play field. And maybe even steal, you know, if they try to, to do you harm by shooting at you, you can steal their ball and then use it to crank up a lot of scores while they're sitting there waiting for you to be done. It's wow. kind of a really great dick move. Mm. Um, but uh, the the thing is, what happens if you play this single player? There is a single player mode. You control both sets of flippers on both sides of the table. How? It's n- uh, awkwardly, it's not as much fun. Mm, like, uh, like a and fucking it's I Love Lucy episode, you take off a costume <laughs> yeah. and run to the other side. Right, exactly. Like you're going to be the back end of the table, Lucy. You know. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a lot of fun and really competitive when you get two people playing it. But it, you know, it needs to have a single player mode. It's just different rules on mm. how you do well on it. But I don't recommend it. Um, this started out actually not as a Joust table. It was rethemed because Joust was so popular. Uh, it was originally, when it was in Beta and, and Whitewood, it was called Conflict. So the mm. idea of a two-player table was there, uh, but then they just made it jousted, like, oh, well, that's a two-player simultaneous video game. Why don't we theme it that way? And he's like, okay, sure. So you know, like, was it tank-themed, like after the Atari Conflict? No, no, well, that's Combat. Uh, oh, and I okay. don't know what the original theme was going to be. I, I, I think that they were just worrying about the dynamics of how you would have a two-player simultaneous pinball machine. There is another, there's a soccer-themed two-player pinball game that came out some years later, uh, and I'm not sure if it was Stern or if it was Gottlieb or... I don't think it was Williams. Um, and I played that up at the uh, the International Museum of Play in Rochester, New York, which has a fantastic mm. arcade, and I recommend that. Uh, and that's the only That's what I've all seen. the nerdy fraternities had instead of foosball. They just had the, the soccer-themed uh, pinball team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but please note... Uh, so there was a rumor that went around that there was a second Joust pinball machine. And uh, Barry Ausler said, no, there wasn't. Uh, but there would have been if this had sold well enough. Uh, he, The official quote is, there was never a second Joust game. There was even a suggestion that they weren't sure how many were actually made and maybe they did a second run. But he said there would have there would have been another Joust-type game if it had sold well enough. But as you know, nothing sold well between 1983 and 1985. And for pinball, yeah, this came out in 1983. So mm. I will point out that our top two games, the Pac-Man Machines and Joust, were Bali Midway tables. That's not just because I'm biased. Uh, it's just because, honestly, they made some of the most interesting tables. Granted, Baby Pac-Man is arguably a flop and a half, uh, or at least two half-flops <laughs> put together. Um, but Joust is really an unusual table. There's enough out there. You'll see it from time to time. It does show up at California Extreme. I believe it showed up last year. And you should have seen my face when I saw it. I just like I just immediately started beaming. And then I played it single mm. player, and I was like, I got, I need a friend. I really, I'm desperate for a friend. <laughs> um, so that's your top five. But I have a bonus round for you if you guys want to play. Ooh, uh, yes, this, yes, and yes, we'll okay. do this as a speed round. Okay. But uh, I have a true or false quiz that you can all just go around. I have ten tables that are either actually based on video games or do not exist. And you have to okay. tell me whether you think it's true or false, and there's three of you, so uh, everybody keep your own score, and no cheating, but I'll go through <laughs> the list of ten games, and you tell me whether you think that they're, they're actual, real, physical tables or not. None of these are digital okay. tables. 
these are these are real physical tables that were produced. Okay. All yes. right. You would you would find these uh, behind the smoke in a bowling alley. Right. You could find the, you can still find these out in the world. So number okay. number one, Space Invaders, the granddaddy, right? Uh, that's that true. Seems, that is a table. Yeah. It has to be right. My, true, Michael. Okay, you're you're all right. Uh, it was 1980. It was Bally. It was because uh, Midway produced the Space Invaders arcade machine in America. They licensed it from Taito, so they had it. They used the sounds of the Space Invaders arcade game, and then they put a giant Giger-style or Geiger-style alien from Alien because Alien was super popular right then. Uh, and so they ripped off that artwork. Oh my god! To, I remember. Yeah. I've seen that one in San Francisco. Yes. I remember taking a picture of it and like putting it on Twitter and saying, "No, wrong." Right. And it had the marquee. <laughs> uh, the, the box is a marquee of uh, white lights that go around this silver mirrored back glass of of the mm. scary uh, wow. Giger alien. But the sound effects in the table are are all from the arcade game. So that, but huh. even though they didn't use the the font, they used some of the assets. So yes, that is legitimate, and that is true. Okay, number two. My dad used to tell stories about that one too. Oh really? Just yeah, he it's just describe it to me. It's like oh, and this uh, noise plays as the monster gets closer, and like okay, that's neat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So number two, asteroids. Uh, I mean, the same false. for space invaders. It, how could it not exist? Uh, I'll go true as well. So uh, two trues and a false. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael is right. There is no Asteroids pinball machine. I, I will say that Atari did make pinball machines in the 1970s. Uh, there are about 12 or 13 of them, I think. Maybe 18 when you count all the prototypes. The most interesting one is Hercules, which is the largest mm. pinball machine ever mass-produced. The pinball... That I have played. The pinball <laughs> is a cue ball, and the thing yep. is, oh, is literally... Like, they're prone to breaking down because everything it's you know oh, it's the Andre the Giant of, of yeah. pinball machines yeah. you know like you can build them really well, big the, but they the don't force, last as long as they should I mean yeah the it's, force alone of a ball that size yeah. going that fast is going to break shit it's also slow you as can fuck. find it like okay. you can, yeah you can find it at CAX behind the longest line imaginable well they did one year for Cal Extreme we do special things at Cal Extreme every year like different themes and one year they decided to have an Atari pinball reunion so they called everybody that had and they had every Atari pinball ever made including a Hercules and yes the line was like a, an hour long because it was so like it's a giant wide ass table and it's just insane but Atari for all the pinballs that they made they never made one based on their video game IP uh, wow. Again, Atari yeah. was was adamant about not even doing sequels for their video games in the early days. They didn't like Asteroids Deluxe in the in the video games was was controversial because Nolan was like, "No, you did that idea. Don't do it again." And Asteroids was such a big hit that they they decided to change the policy. But yeah, no Asteroids hmm. table and no Atari pinball, no Atari video games were ever made into Atari pinball machines. Uh, okay, number three, wow. pole position. <sighs> hey. Huh. I guess false. I'm going to say, I'm now I'm, I'm I'm judging just by who Dan is, and he's trying to trick me. So I'm going to say true because it shouldn't happen, but I bet it did. It's a true. I, I, I yeah, this is true. Two trues and a false. Mm-hmm. They don't call them wiki pirates for nothing. There's no there is no pole position video game machine. However, if you want to be technical, there is pinball simply machine, an, you an, mean. Uh, sorry a pinball machine. Uh, there is an uh, like an F1 themed game, not based on on the video game, but there is a Spanish 1987 pinball machine called Pole Position, just after the generic auto racing term of of huh. qualifying first. Mm. But it has nothing to do with the Namco racer that you know and love. Uh, okay, number four, Defender. The, again, I'm, I don't know I mean, what to think anymore. It was midway, so I'm going to guess true. Ugh. I'm going to say false. 
I'll, I'll just go with Michael because he's been right. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I may mislead you. This is true. See, we're never... This Aha! is true. Williams yeah, did uh, when they, when they when they activated Joust. They also looked at Defender 1982. Uh, uses the same uh, logo. Uses the same uh, black, white, uh, black, red, and yellow uh, paint on the side. Stuff like that. So yeah, no, that's a real one. Uh, it's it's not the easiest thing to find. It was pretty well uh, produced, but it's uh, it, lately I've had trouble finding one in any uh, in any collection. So I think a lot of them have wound up in people's basements, honestly. I think that they're in a private collection. Okay, <laughs> number uh, five. Number five. Frogger. Uh, mm. Gonna say false. Yeah, I'll go with Chris on this one. False. No way. Uh, yeah, this is a false. You're absolutely right. It's false. Who the fuck wants to play Frogger Pinball? Um, <laughs> I, well, number no. S- no, no, not number at all. Number six. Big Buck Hunter Pro. That's too stupid. Yeah, that's uh, too, too dumb. Activision too dumb not to, not to be, be a real thing. Yeah, yeah, true. It's true. Stern will license anything, and that was 2009. <laughs> so imagine if Roller Coaster Tycoon is a hit. Let's go for the Big Buck Hunter series too. So yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. out there, and you'll still find that out there on location now. It's a, it's an earner. Um, okay, number uh, seven is the game that has been in every platform ever made: Dragon's Lair. Mm, true. Uh, I'm gonna say no. False. Yeah, I'm gonna go false as well. It's false. It is oh, false. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, Suck it, Wiki Pals. But it seems That's so right. plausible that they would have been like, "Who the fuck wants to do this now?" You know, like we we haven't put it in microwaves yet. We we don't have a refrigerator that plays Dragon's Lair yet. <laughs> so you know, I I mean. And all those great voice and music cues would have been great, and the back glass obviously would have been very mm-hmm. cheesecakey with Princess yeah. Daphne and stuff. Uh, and, and you might have actually had a fun Dragon's Lair game to play. I, 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 <laughs> oh, no, damn. But I would still love to see a Dragon's Lair title. You know, the Giddy Goons, and you have all those little scenes throughout the game that you could recreate as targets and stuff like that. So, uh, number eight, Qbert. Huh. Mm. I've never seen one. I would have remembered it. I love Qbert. I'm going to say false. I'm going to guess true. I'll go false as well. Michael is correct. Remember, Gottlieb God, started out as a pinball manufacturer, and then they moved into video games, and Qbert was their biggest hit. The title of the machine is Qbert's Quest, and it's from 1983. So I have Holy not shit. seen one of these either, but it does exist. Uh, number nine, Spy Hunter. I mean, definitely uh. true. Oh, because the midway connection. Yeah, I'll go true as well. well. Okay, fine. I'll steal that answer and say definitely Chris true. Chris is finally right. It's true. Oh. It's Bali. It's from 1984, but it was originally titled Blowout, and this was another one where they're like, that's a big hit game. we got to cash in. So Spy Hunter was 83, and then Spy Hunter Pinball was 84. Hmm. Um, and then the final one is Berserk. Hmm. I'm going to guess false. I'm going to say false. Yeah, false as well. I'm surprised you went false on that. Even though you're right, it's false. But because <laughs> oh. Stern did Berserk in 1980, and Stern is still the last... One of the last few. There's Jersey Jack, too. They're kind of independent, but um, one of the last pinball manufacturers. So I was kind of surprised that Mm. Berserk didn't have a pinball because it seems like the kind of thing that Stern would have done. So Williams had no problem pimping out their their IP to make their own pinball machines. Other than Gottlieb, or other than Stern and Gottlieb, nobody else had the, uh, the ability to make their own IPs. But Capcom didn't do it when they had the opportunity, and neither did Atari. I thought that was super interesting. But it's it's that weird, I don't know, some weird '80s morality. Because I remember reading that book about LucasArts. Like he, w- Lucas was also adamant, like no Star Wars games. Huh? Yeah, no, yeah, right. No Indiana like, Jones. Like, no, games. that's not what we're here to do until until we suddenly are. So yes, the true ones were Space Invaders, 
uh, Defender, Big Buck Hunter Pro, Cubert's <laughs> Quest, and Spy <laughs> Hunter. So th- those are the o- that's literally every video game based pinball that I know of and that I've I've seen or yeah. was able to research. That's why I wanted to throw this in as a lightning round so that we would nice. nobody would write in and go. Daniel. But you forgot to mention Cubert's Q Quest. <laughs> you know? That's right. So, you know, because Dan- Daniel, I forgot. I-, I totally shouted you out on this week's Laser Time because we're launching a new show on Patreon. We're trying to called the Quiz Down. Yeah, a I and saw. Game show. I got that email and I'm like, how come I was not notified personally? <laughs> you're you're mentioned in the oh, show because. Okay. Like you, you recently posted about being on Rock and Roll Jeopardy. Oh yeah, yeah, my Rock and Roll Jeopardy story. I I, I finally wrote that yeah. down and put it up on my personal blog at, at, at my website. So and it just seemed like like you were having fun, but like what a nightmare to be on a television. Well, I, I wasn't show. on the show. To to be fair, I was not. I know, but you you almost <sighs> were after like a rigorous. Process. Oh yeah, no, it was, well, that was making it through the process is what made me happy. Um. But yeah, and for years, Dan, didn't you host, or you might still host, a Jeopardy uh, panel at PAX? Yes, when like you are, whenever mm. I go to PAX, when because uh, I I was going every year when I was with Activision because they just said, where do you need to go? What's your travel budget? And I said I should be at both, like the you know the East Coast and the West Coast PAX. But other than that, I'm going to be wherever the company is, E3 and you know Gamescom and whatever they needed to send me. So uh, yeah, it uh, Susan Arndt, who was at the Escapist at the time. Uh, she did match game one year at PAX, and uh, <laughs> that's when she found out that I was a rabid game show fan and always have been. Uh, and then Chris Kohler and I both came up to her and said, we want to do this with you next year, and that launched Game Show Night where we do three live game shows. Uh, I started out by doing Super Password, and nobody knew how to play Password, so that was a flop. But uh, now I have custom software and custom buzzers, and we do full Jeopardy with lockout buzzers, and I write custom games uh, to do just for packs about geek trivia. It's mostly video mm. games, but we also do like movies and pop culture, and it's it's basically laser time as a uh, as a, uh, a game show. But yeah, so I'm I'm a huge Where, game show. Except runner, that so Chris I've, Kohler always wins. Uh, well, no, no, Chris <laughs> Kohler actually his game now is win Chris Kohler's video games, where he steals the Ben Stein format, <laughs> yeah. but actually <laughs> gives away and the the, the classic nice. prize on the show in the same way that there was a, a Dalmatian on Wheel of Fortune. Uh, it's a copy of Sonic wow. Spinball. So just to bring it back to pinball, uh, that's that's yeah. like the grand prize that everybody wants. They can have anything else, and sometimes he brings you know really rare beater carts or Super Famicom stuff, and you know, mm. uh, but he always has to come up with a copy of Sonic Spinball because somebody always fucking wants it. So why? Because it was just it was a joke one it, year, dude. and it became like it just I don't know. We start riffing on Sonic Spinball, and then wow. it, that became like well, then that's the one I want because that defines our night tonight. You know. So anyway. Yeah. That's... I've helped you test out that Jeopardy game before. That was fun. Yes, sometimes Michael has helped because I, I need to beta test it because I, I either uh, I want to test for spelling errors, obviously. Uh, I want to find out if the questions make sense or if they need to be rephrased. And then also, how difficult is it? Is this really at the 400 level? Should this be at the 800 level? And so, yeah, I, I, I use guinea pigs at work. for uh, I run at least three games and when I can, five. And if I can run five beta test games, then it's dialed. And I take it so seriously because I've seen some shit mm. Jeopardy stuff. But I have like, <laughs> a, like there's a, there is a process to writing Jeopardy and I have cracked their fucking code. And I know how to write a satisfying Jeopardy category now. And when yeah. I see it done wrong, mm. I just turn up my nose like the like the snob of game shows that I am. If you need a, a game show snob, I will be happy to help whenever I can. 
Yeah. I, I, I thought of it when I was I clicked on one of those uh, clickbaity quizzes online. Like, can you recognize these uh, side-scrolling games? And like, okay, I'll click on this. And and I was thinking like, well, Dan stuff is so much better because this is abysmal. Because like, I don't know what half these games are, but I just know click on the one that doesn't say like Halo Two, Red Dead Redemption, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, like, really? Yes. Oh God. Yeah. Pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, we can't. I was gonna people. say, Michael, when you do that, are you like the proxy Ken Jennings? Because if Michael gets them, then you, it, well, if Michael can't get them, I guess you have to eliminate the question because it probably is. I too sometimes do that. that I have done that where it's yes. just like, okay, yeah, because <laughs> Michael is kind of the gold standard. I have a couple of other people who are like classic games nerds at the office. Uh, engineers who, who work with us at uh, su- uh, Studio San Francisco, and uh, those guys, like, people don't want to go up against it. I've actually started to try to build, like, people who are just helping me out to help with the spelling errors part and really don't know anything about, you know, PAX trivia. And then there's, like, the Tournament of Champions where I bring in the three heavy hitters so they can go up against each other so they all have a good time and don't just run away with it, you know. Um, but, you know, yes, Michael is definitely a top-tier uh, when I do this, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and he has earned his place in the uh, in the tournament of champions. Well, thank you. Yeah. That's it for me. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's been our uh, top five. So on that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some non pinball uh, community question of the week answers. So stay tuned. <laughs> This week on Laser Time, the Internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. <laughs> Going on with a yo-yo because it automatically retracted. Yeah. You'd throw it out and just automatically pull back. The, the yo-yo ball, this is what the commercial sounded like. Yo! Yo! Yo-yo ball! It's so much fun and easy to do. Go wherever you go. Music will come back to you. And you never have to whine it. You can do it all. So I personally hit myself in the face of the yo-yo ball like 900,000 <laughs> times because it like it really does retract back to you no matter what like force you think you're using. We were little kids in the uh, 80s and 90s. Fucking 1950s songs were used to advertise everything to us. Huh. Yeah. And all the time. Like, you know, doo-wop, it's the big bopper <laughs> for, for the game Sorry. And like I saw, I was watching cartoons and like there's a new modern yo-yo ball commercial they didn't change the lyrics. What? Uh, but they added a modern sound. It's made by Childish Gambino. It's a yo-yo ball. It's so much fun and easy to do. Around you goes, it comes back to you. And you never have to whine it. You can do it all. Everybody. It's a yo-yo ball. <laughs> I was wondering if it's real. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely real. Well, wow. it, it seems hard to believe, like, in, you know... This is like electronic age, like somebody like marketing something like that. I have a kid, like sometimes like the simplest thing, like that's fucking fun. If I bought him a yo-yo, he'd look at me like I was an <laughs> asshole. Like, <laughs> I bought him a yo-yo. That's Laser Time. New every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And welcome back to our final segment. Uh, the 
question of the week answers from last week, which, as you might remember, was uh, <laughs> what was your favorite Mario game of all time? Uh, mm. Matt, you compiled the answers. You want to lead this one? Yeah, real quick, I just want to say we had a ton of responses to this question, so thank you everyone for responding. There were lots of personal stories just about, a lot of them tied with like people's first gaming memories and childhood memories of playing Mario games, so I really love pulling these and reading these, and, and thanks for responding. We really love to see these responses, even if you don't get read on the show. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we want to hear from you. Um, so let's start it off with... The return of a VGA regular with his video response. Hello there, VGA. This is Galaxy Carhartt here, Jay, sitting up on the beach. Chris will recognize there was the uh, Piggly Wiggly back there in Harry A's. I'm on St. George Island. I got Lace right here. I got the little one, mother-in-law, niece and nephew. There's Avery back in the back. Everybody's here enjoying a little bit of sun. So I'm glad you're back. Helming the, uh, the ship. I'm back. So oh, thank you. Calling into the ship. Question of the week. It's gonna, oh, I forgot to tell you. Also, Avery's State Warship 48 War Show was this week. She came up with five bucks. Five first place. Congratulations. Anyways, question of the week. What is my favorite, the best Mario game ever? And yeah, you can sit there and say Odyssey. Odyssey is a great game. It is. And then you can sit there and say Mario 64. Oh, that was awesome. But lo and behold, you know my answer has to be Mario what? See Mario what? Two! Two! The dream! It was all a dream! <laughs> that game was awesome. That was awesome. I picked the princess. And that was my, that's my strategy every single time. I picked the princess. Gotta go with the lady. Gotta go with the lady. Right, babe? Always. Always. Always yeah, middle. Yeah, Anyway, so you got to go with her, maybe a little Luigi every now and then, but you got to go with the specials. So anyways, Super Mario Brothers 2, my first Nintendo game ever, one of the greatest games ever. I play it at least once a year, if not maybe twice a year, all the way through. Fellas, y'all take it easy. I'm going to enjoy the beach and then get back to sweating on the farm. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. First of all, that was that was St. George Island, which is a place near me that I love. Uh, and then second, I don't I don't know. Did you ever think you'd live to be old enough to where your daughter would be making fun of you for responding to a podcast <laughs> on Twitter? About video games? <laughs> about video games? Like, what do I have to do to be young? Jesus. <laughs> Not grow old? Respect it. God. <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. So I like Can I just say same? I am. <laughs> Same. You, I also played as the princess all the time. Um, so she yeah, can thank skip you. entire portions of the level. So mm. if you're doing a speed run or just trying not to die, she's a good one yep. to pick for the entire. Go get level. that magic carpet. Sail right through. Mm-hmm. So thank you for submitting that video response, Skeleton Carhartt. If you want your video played on the show, um, the best way to submit a video response is by replying to our Twitter account at VG Apocalypse. Um, or if you want to, re- you can you can either reply directly in a Twitter video or go ahead and put a link to a YouTube video. Um, that's the easiest way for us to get the audio. So speaking of our Twitter account, uh, I ran an informal poll of our choices of the top five non Charles Martinet, or I'm sorry, non-Mario Charles Martinet performances, and you uh, on Twitter voted for Skyrim as your favorite appearance where he was Parthenax the Dragon, um, and followed up by, because Twitter has to split, uh, it only gives me four options, uh, Jet Set Radio Future 
and Resonance of Fate were tied for second. Then we had Runner 3, where he appeared as himself, followed by Space Quest 6, which I'm sad by because that was a really funny appearance. Um, Yeah, uh, on the Facebook community when they did the votes, uh, it went... Basically, Jet Set Radio Future also kind of uh, was up there with Skyrim. They were kind of neck and neck for the the favorite performances from Su- folks. Surprising number of Resonance of Fate fans coming out of the woodwork to support their <laughs> favorite game. I, you know, he does look, his character in that did look like a cross <laughs> between Joe Pesci's character in Moonwalker and Kung Lao from the Mortal Kombat game. kind of so. did, yeah. <laughs> Something about um, those big broad-brimmed hats. So yeah, let's let's go to our Twitter responses. At Nick Senior Twenty Two says, "Classically Mario Three. I spent many hours in my childhood and again in my twenties finding all the secrets and getting my time to finish down. Now though, it's Mario Galaxy because it's not only beautiful and different; it's the first Mario game I played with my son. Oh, that is sweet. Aww, Aww. Uh, Willie mm-hmm. Lagarcha says." Super Mario Brothers 3 is one of the best Mario games out there. I had a Japanese friend whose dad would bring him back Famicom games, and I had the pleasure of playing Mario 3 a year before it hit North America. It was so expansive, and the overworld map felt like it was alive. Oh, yeah, Willie. Well, my uncle works at Nintendo. (laughs) Everyone's uncle works at Nintendo. (laughs) They're the world's largest employer, Matt. Of uncles. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Of uncles. <laughs> Nintendo, employing your uncle since 1982. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 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 Swamp Posting says, the only Mario game I can draw dicks in, Mario Paint. Uh, if there are other Mario games I can draw dicks in, uh, please let me know. Thanks. Swamp Posting, that would be any, any Mario game on the Wii U. I mean, Mario uh, Maker, you can make Mario whole Maker. levels that are dicks. That was the response. Right. Someone did reply to him and said Mario Maker, and he said, oh, you're right, you're blowing my mind right now. So. <laughs> uh, I think this is Red Eater, but just to be obnoxious, I'm going to call him Red Eater. Uh, Red Eater says, <laughs> Mario 3, I don't think it has been topped in scope or creativity. I love World, but it seemed like a step back from the insane world of Tanuki, frog suits, raccoon leaves, and of course, that wonderful shoe. The motherfucking shoe! (laughs) Wasn't for the shoe, I would say you were insane, but Mm. yeah, the shoe was pretty rad. Uh, Our first responder on or at videogameapocalypse.com was laser time rules under the comments under the comments for last week's episode, uh, and he says favorite Mario game is either All Stars or RPG. That's fucking cheating. You can't just name four games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of people did multiples, and by the way, I weeded those out. You gotta, you gotta stick to one, folks. Mm. Uh, Devil Does Dave says Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. No contest. So it had a great blend of humor, puzzles, and combat. Though I never did manage to beat that final boss. Mm. Mm. Love that game. Uh, ch- Chief Pigum says, uh, <laughs> I was always a Nintendo kid, but when Mario 64 arrived, it blew my then 13-year-old mind. I played the game more than any other Mario game, probably still to this day. Even up uh, until a few years ago, I would regularly dig it out, uh, dig out my old Nintendo 64, and it would be one of those games I'd go back to. Well, it's definitely aged. You can see the seeds of almost all free-roaming 3D games that came afterwards, even today. Alternate hot take answer, Yoshi's Island on the Super Nintendo. Mm-mm, we're not That's taking that. Did you guys see that uh, the, they, they made that fi- not final patch, but like the um, 60 frame a second Mario 64 update? Oh, no. Where, who did that? It was like a fan project? 
Yeah, you can play the whole game in like with like slightly modified textures wow. in super HD at 60 frames a second, which was impossible because to just speed it up would like speed up every action and physic of the entire game. Mm. That's crazy. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I love cracked the, it open. They fixed the, it. The mo- my favorite unintended consequence of speeding up frame rates was still on a Dark Souls game where if you did that, it made your weapons degrade faster. Or that might have been Demon Souls. <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> It's just like... Yeah. Argyle Ramsey says, Without a doubt, Mario 64. I remember downloading tiny 10-second videos, which took hours on a 14K modem, and not understanding how any of it worked. I saved money for my birthday, holidays, and chores to buy a Nintendo 64 on launch day with both Mario and Pilot Wings. Playing with Mario's face and running around the castle grounds was were mind-blowing. It was the first game where I had to explore and complete everything. I was the first of my friends to get all 120 stars, and the reaction when they came over to see Yoshi on the castle roof beats any modern trophy or achievement. A timeless classic that proved 3D gaming was the future. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Responses on the official LaserTime Facebook group, which if you are not a member, you should be. Uh, First response, Matt Anderson says... For me, Super Mario Odyssey is my favorite Mario game. I have a special place in my head for Super Mario World and Super Mario 3, but Odyssey has so much nostalgia, and the New Donk City level was one of the most enjoyable gaming experiences I've had in the last few years. The soundtrack was great, with Jump Superstar putting a giant smile on my face every time I hear it. The level designs were fun and challenging, and the removal of lives made it enjoyable for my wife to play as well, which is, that's a great point. Like, that, removing that mechanic made it more accessible. Hmm. Yeah, it removes your life because you spend so much time playing it. Just like Mario has removed all of our lives. <laughs> uh, Ricardo Perry says, Super Mario Brothers 2. I love the music, ability to play different characters, and pulling up turnips is always fun. And anyone who tries to say it's not a Mario game because it's a reskin of Doki Doki Panic can catch these hands. Catch these hands. <laughs> Sorry, little wrestling uh, stuff. Jason Scarl says, I probably put more hours into Odyssey, but I have to say Super Mario World. It was Christmas of 1992, and I had the worst flu of my life. I spent all night on the couch after I couldn't sleep, just staring at the presents under the tree. When it was finally time to open the gifts, I was shocked to find a Super Nintendo. So shocked and sick that I threw up all over the box. <laughs> now that's a laser time story. There you go. Whew. Yeah, you couldn't even read the uh, Zelda 3 logo. Uh, my dad stayed home with me, and, and he played Mario all day. It was my favorite Christmas It's ever. beginning wow, to look totally a lot that. like Christmas. You know, <laughs> in my head, Chris, you were reading that uh, like the narrator in A Christmas Story. It was just like, oh, he was the When it was finally time to open the, the gifts, <laughs> I was shocked to find a Super Nintendo. It was the Christmas of 1992. It was fantastic. More, too much Jimmy oh. Stewart. I heard a little Jimmy Stewart in that. <laughs> and then it kind of went do it. Sean Connery a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Don't have a lot of impressions, people. Look forward to a lot of bad Michael Caine impressions on this week's Laser Time, or 302010. Uh, Matt Ogle says, World is the one I go back to the most. <gasps> but there's something about the first Mario Galaxy. It's the only game with motion controls that I genuinely love, a combination of that storybook presentation and a soundtrack that I still listen to today. Easily my favorite of the 3D era games. Shit is really good. Ah. Deserves an upgrade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, everyone who answered. That was that was really cool. New question of the week. Uh, what's your favorite pinball table of all time? If you've never played pinball, uh, try to be older. 
Th- that's really all I have. Go out this um, week, use Pin Finder, find a pinball machine, play it, and now that's your yep. answer. Download Pinball FX, uh, play whatever the free table is that's included with it. Sorcerer's uh, Lair, it's so good. Yeah. It's one of the best tables. The free table that comes now with Pinball Now it's your FX. favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I guess for me, like, yeah, for whatever reason, Black Knight 2000. Like, I, I love playing that. I love listening to the... Uh, choir singing in the background, like when you do cool stuff. I think with with Black Knight, it's it's based on like a weird sort of uh, nostalgic mystique that that game had for me growing up. Because the arcade that I would always go to had one sort of in the back, and like the scariest dudes would hang out and play it and just monopolize the shit out of it. And so I would always hear it. Like, that, that really cool sound, but I could never get close enough to play it. So when I finally had that opportunity, it's like, I I love this. I absolutely love mm. being able to play this. This fulfills my expectations. It's so It was the, uh, the first pinball with speech synthesis, right? Uh, it was I'm, one I'm of pretty... them, certainly. Yeah, mm. if, if not the first, it was certainly one of the first. And that's, that's what it also had a really good rock soundtrack. There's some great yes. metal, metal versions of people playing... Uh, the Black Knight music on like heavy metal guitars on YouTube and stuff, um, just because that's it's legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Martin Lawrence voice samples were really shitty though in that yeah, game. Yeah, we're not gonna go there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I did just I reference mean, yes, an awful movie. I made you guys all remember that movie that you would completely wipe from your mind. I really <laughs> hadn't tried. Yeah. I never saw it. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of Cyclone for whatever reason. I, it's the one I'd I'd most want to put in my home. Which, on a recent episode of Laser Time, I discovered uh, is totally unaffordable, and I could never maintain it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like the hack answer might be Adam's family, but actually, my one that always kind of, you know, I just magne- I gravitated toward whenever I was in our kids was Funhouse, and it was Rudy, even though it creeped me the fuck out, that face and the voice and everything, like... I just was compelled to always want to play it, and it was one of the first tables I did buy um, when Pinball Arcade came out, and I was like, I, I finally get to play this anytime I want to, and it, it's it's really it's actually I think a really enjoyable fun table. It, it is, and and Funhouse was almost my answer, but my answer is Taxi, which is not one of the most popular really? tables. Yeah, uh, and that's because that was the machine that I sort of figured out pinball and figured out that there was strategy to it that was in my bowling alley it's a fairly simplistic table uh and it's it's still challenging but that's that's honestly that's my my go-to every time i I feel like i'm rewarded if i get a chance to play taxi not based on the sitcom no (laughs) sorry no judd hirsch here I think there's no Danny DeVito toy to knock over. <laughs> no. Uh, special co- shout out, by the way, to the T2 pinball machine, which had the gun uh, plunger, basically. Oh, really? Shot. It <laughs> yep. completely yeah. removes like skill shot, though, right? Because the yeah. whole thing no, is no, no, if no. you want the skill shot was a uh, uh, it's a uh, a light and some drop targets and the the light moves. And so you have to time your shot ah. so that uh, you are hitting the the one that you want to hit. And it can okay. change based on the table. You know, like some tables have it set up so it always goes to the center drop target, but with every successive ball, the light speeds up, so you have to change your timing. It is pretty mm. easy as skill shots go, because once you get your rhythm, then you know, you know, oh, if, if it's two away, then I have to do it, you know, earlier on the, yeah. you know, on the, on the but ball. But you can't right. really twirl the table around to reload it like you did in the movie. No, no, very yeah. difficult. Very Guns heavy. N' Roses also has a pistol, uh, and so does Indiana Jones uh, for, oh, the, yeah, for the plunger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neat. Uh, so what is your favorite pinball game of all time? Let us know. 
Go to uh, VideoGameApocalypse.com, answer under the comments for episode 272, or join the official LaserTime Facebook community and answer the thread there, or hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse with your answer, and we'll gather some of the best responses and read them on next week's show. That's been our show. That's been episode 272. It's been a long one, but hopefully a fun one. I've certainly enjoyed it. Uh, Dan, where can people see your stuff? What do you have to plug? I got plenty of plugs. Uh, I'll just say I'm on Twitter as at Dan Amrick. I'm pretty active, but I try not to get in your face. Uh, I am one half of Palette Swap Ninja, a uh, parody band that does mostly video games, but occasionally Star Wars and Beatles mashups. Uh, we are going to be doing that live later this year uh, with a full mm. orchestra. Uh, somewhere here in the Bay Area. We are finalizing one of two venues now, but it looks like we're on target for October. So watch PalletSwapNinja.com for information. We're also on Twitter as at PSwapNinja. Uh, and if you do love pinball and you work or, or and you live in the Bay Area or can get to the Bay Area, the last weekend of this month, uh, July 28th and 29th, at the uh, Santa Clara Convention Center, which is the Hyatt right next to Levi Stadium, where the 49ers play, uh, the California Extreme Show will be there. That is four to five hundred arcade and pinball machines on free play, wow. plus uh, home console gaming uh, vendors. There's a free rock band stage. There's a free concert with uh, chiptune music. Uh, you name it. It's it's a huge, wonderful thing that's been going on. This is our 22nd year. I got roped into being a volunteer about a decade ago. Uh, you can go to <laughs> caextreme.org to find information, uh, or you can follow us at caextremeorg on Twitter. Awesome. Word. Uh, Chris? Oh, yeah. Big week for uh, Laser Time. We revamped and uh, up- upgraded our Patreon this week including new goals, tiers, and rewards. Uh, part of that is two bonus episodes of this show per month, including more spoiler casts, if you like that God of War thing Matt and Michael did. Hmm. Uh, also, bonus shows for... Also, a bonus show for 302010 and the return uh, of limited series, including a season two of Elm Street Nightmare. Not going to tell you what uh, we're talking about yet, but it will return with Lizzie and myself. Uh, and uh, the big thing I wanted people to listen to is the Quiz Down. That's the show we're trying to launch. A uh, brand new show all about trivia and game shows. And you basically, we're trying to make it as interactive as possible. But for right now, patrons will win prizes uh, as part of the show. Uh, it is. We have a pilot up on both our Patreon, and it's going to be in the main Laser Time feed right about now. So check it out and consider dropping the uh, like just five bucks or something on Patreon.com/LaserTime, helping to make it a reality. Uh, none of that stuff is unlocked as of this recording. So uh, fingers crossed, maybe we can make some new stuff for people. Yeah, we're, I know we're very excited to do the spoiler cast stuff. So if you like mm-hmm. hearing uh, Matt and me talk about Vigi games or going deep into one specific Vigi game, uh, by all means, kick a few extra bucks toward the Patreon and support that. Yeah, and if you dug the community segment on this show and want to hear kind of more community answers, I think that is one of our goals of the mm-hmm. revamp Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash laser time uh, and mm-hmm. subscribe at the $5 or above level, that will help us make a reality to be able to read more of your answers on the show to feature more of your video responses because we do love hearing from you. And yeah, just, you know, help us out. Um, if you want to hear from me personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen, and that's Maddie with the Y. All right, and as always, you can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse 
or me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. My only suspicion the only as, a, I can, as a marketing dude uh, like, is I do need some clarification. I can't speak with authority. You're both talking over each other right now. I don't know if you yeah. can tell that you're doing that. I can't. I can't hear Matt oh, at I all, I can't actually. hear Chris. Shit, are we good? I see Matt's timeline. I see yeah. that he's being recorded, but he started talking about marketing, yeah. and you started talking about something, and I was like, well, I'm not going to listen to a marketing guy, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that it's taken so sorry, long. Guys. I thought these would be very quick hits. Um, no, I want to talk about this forever. It's so funny because you don't yeah, normally talk about pinfall, so I feel obligated to do some context. You know, mm-hmm. no, I no, I, I like it. that. It, plus, I think uh, last week's uh, show was pretty. It was fairly. I short love it. What I what I wanted to say. One of the things they said when Michael came back. Are we using really this or not? Shows. You you can't hear each other. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? You keep talking over each other. Oh no! Yeah, we can't hear each other. <laughs> Yeah, I, no shit. Uh, Michael, my file right, uploaded. Just, Should I just, just reload I'll just the page? Stay silent. Shit.